Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family, we chose this one. This is episode 55, Fast and Furious, Lap 5. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too, and this episode is brought to you by Coach Al's Driving School, LLC. Since 2003, <laughs> they've provided quality driver education instruction to the surrounding Albuquerque, Rio Ranchero, Bernalillo County, and Sandoval County areas. That is New Mexico. <laughs> well, you know, you can't get to Mexico without going first through New Mexico. Or tunnels underneath it. Yeah, sure, why not? So this is, I mean, we, we talked about this on uh, the last couple episodes. We are skipping for now Tokyo Drift. Uh, this is not going for to Karasake. be every lap occurrence, but yeah. this is for Kara's sake. It might be, you know, in, in future laps, we've said this before, when we have another, another new guest or guests who have never seen these movies, we might do the same thing, depending on how this goes. Yeah. But we are talking about, after the break, number four, because we want to see if the the big reveal or the big thing that happens without being specific about it. Uh, Han dies. Well, she's not going to listen to it, and she's the true. only one that wouldn't know 50 true. episodes in. If that means more or less or whatever. So we're, you know, we're, we're, we're experimenting. But that is after the break. Before that, we've got to do our normal top-of-the-show routines. First up, extracurricular activities. Joe, what have you been up to since we recorded, I don't know, six days ago? Oh, um, absolutely nothing. I had a, a do-nothing weekend, um... But a minor update, I've since gone 12 for 14 in uh, sober season. Uh, Very rolling cool. Rolling along, yeah. Back on stride. The only two that we lost, we lost by like a goal or two. So. Wait, so the Penguins have played four more games than the Devils? Yeah, oh, yeah, I think we're... Or no, maybe five more games. No, this is their, this is their 10th game. So yeah, if they're, the, if they're the Penguins way 14, behind this year. They're way, yeah. way behind. Hold on, let me see. I lied. I'm 11 for 13. Still, so still 13. ahead though. Yeah, still ahead. Last two games, sober season, we won. So cool, cool, cool. So you're just watching Penguins doing nothing else, watching the Steelers on Monday Night Football oh, win a yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was stressed about that one, but yeah, that's what I was doing. I was, I actually specifically made a point to not leave the house this weekend. So like, I didn't even open the front door. I'm gonna be going back to Pittsburgh next weekend, and I'll have fun stories from that. I'm sure. But I was just like, I'm going to take a chill weekend to do nothing before I get ready to go. Well, this past Saturday, uh, I, I met up with some friends. It was a, it was one of the longest days I can think about in, in recent memory. And it kind of became longer as the day went on. But it was fine, like, in, in terms of me thinking about what I had to do. But I left my house at, ooh, I want to say, like, uh, 7.30 in the morning. Uh, drove down to Collingswood, which is a, a New Jersey suburb of Philadelphia. Uh, met up with a friend down there. We had uh, brunch down there it was it was two guys so on the they're all in my fantasy baseball league but they're also on the tub talk podcast right here on the cage club podcast network so i met up with two of them and one of them has he lives down there with his family so the three of us and his one and the wife and two kids went out for brunch uh we walked around the town which is cool went to a record shop we then said goodbye to the family and me and the other friend who went down there he and I went to see, me and Bob went to see The Lighthouse, the new Robert Eggers movie, which we both loved. Ooh, the Lighthouse. Which is by the guy who did The Witch, but it oh. is now it's it's kind of it's kind of horror, but also just kind of like gothic surreal weirdness, which is great. Okay. And that was great, so we we loved that. And then we went to a bar. I've I've had good parking spots before, but I've never been so hashtag blessed as to be at a stoplight and we're like so I'm I'm in my car in the left lane and the bar is on the left. It's on the corner on the left. Yes. And I'm like second car in a stoplight. As I'm stopped at the stoplight, a car one spot up to my left exits out of the parking space. And I was like, Oh perfect. Huh. 
So I just like inch in, and I'm like there. And I, I went because I looked around, <laughs> and it was like this is this feels too good to be true. Yeah. And I went inside. And I'm just like I can because I think the, it felt like the bar had just opened. There was just a bunch of like employees standing around, like kind of prepping, getting ready. And I'm like I can I can park here, right? Because like this is uh, too good to it be just, true. It feels too good to be true. Yeah. And they're like, oh no, that's fine. Like we park there all the time. We're like, oh cool. So that was amazing. And we had uh, great burgers and fries and beer there. Then we went to the Met Philadelphia, the Metropolitan, Ooh. and we saw Jenny Lewis perform. She was great. Who's Jenny Lewis. She is a singer. She was in Rilo Kylie. I don't know she what that is. she's like kind of country pop rock sort of. Okay. Uh, she was also an actress when she was younger. Oh cool. Uh, she was in that movie The Wizard, where uh, she and her friend bring her friend's brother to like a, an NES competition. Uh, it's kind oh. of this like landmark child film sort of. But yeah, she's a she's a musician. She was in Rilo Kylie. She uh, has albums with the Watson Twins. Um, her album from this year, On the Line, which is one of the better albums or one of my favorite albums of the year. Okay. And she was great. Uh, it was like a really good show. And then we got home. So I, I basically left my house at like 7.30 and I got back at like 1.30. Ouch, and yeah. I was Long like, day. it was one of those, one of those times, like it, everything was great, but between the time that she left for the main set and came back for the encore, my friend and I, who had been going all day, because my other, we, we met up with another couple friends who came down there, uh, my friend and his girlfriend, they weren't with us all day, they, they showed up for the bar at like five, okay. and so they had, they were like, had fresh legs, but I looked at Bob and I was just like, man, like 20 minutes ago, all the weight of the day, because it was like 10.30 at that point, I'm like, I just feel like it's, it all hit me at once. Well, you start we to go realize to... you're almost done, too, and like you have to drive yes. back, and like you start getting, yep. and it's like, oh, it's rough, yeah. And we were going to go back to Matt's house for a drink at night, and then we got back there, we're just like, we can't, we can't. like, we're going to go, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to leave, and then we texted, and he, he got back to us the next morning, he's like, oh, I was asleep at 10.30, I'm glad you guys didn't stop by, because I would have, you know, I would I was asleep. We're like, oh, cool, so like that worked Perfect. out, but it was great. just, it was great, but it was also like literally 18 hours kind of on the go and moving. Uh, it was fun, but it was just a whew, long day, but it was great, Jenny Lewis is great. Cool. I don't know if anybody out there knows Jenny Lewis or listens to Jenny Lewis, but she is very good. Jerry and this Lewis? is my first concert this year that was not a Carly Rae Jepsen show. So, wow. you know, combo breaker. Yeah. Combo breaker. I know, I know, I know. And that's kind of it. I want to see, did I do anything else since then? Not really anything of note. Yeah, so that was that was fun. It's cool. It, it sounds like a, a fun day, nice yeah, I like it. Yeah. Before we look into the mailbag, let me take a look. I haven't looked in a couple days. Apple Podcasts, Too Fast, Too Forever. So if you want to help this show, if you are a dear, sweet listener, I know that you're out there because I know that you are, if you're hearing this, you're downloading, you yeah. are one. You guys are the best. And yep. we thank you all. If you want to do something very kind for us that is free of no cost to you, leave us a rating, uh, leave us a review, give us a five-star rating, whatever. Nothing new. Since last time, since Mikey, uh, Mikey, uh, who has not let us know who he is yet. Okay. Uh, but still, 17 ratings, five stars. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Too fast, too forever. Let us know. Tell people about it. You know, you like us, I think. Probably, Hopefully, in theory. If you listen to 50 Let other episodes people know. of this. We have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash forever or forever.com. You can get over there. There's still time to vote on what movie we're going to... I'm going to close that at some point soon. But you can still vote on what movie we are going to cover for the Paul Walker lap, okay. which, which fan-selected movie. We officially updated the $25 tier. Looks good, too, man. You did, like, to, some well, wacky... Thank you. Did, what was this, like, wacky fun time... Uh buttony thing going on there is that a new oh option? no that's just a new that's just the patreon did that oh, that's the, just a new look looks good they redesigned their website to basically they're like this has proven to get x percent more patrons i'm like all right whatever okay. works man yeah i did change the color to a blue to sort of match Ooh. the uh the the too fast 
kind Much of color. Because it's, it's yeah, of course, away from the standard orange or whatever. That was the only thing I did, but they they completely adjusted it and changed it or oh, anything. Cool. So now, if you support a twenty five dollar, which I know is a crazy amount of money crazy per month, high. I agree. But you can program or help us program an entire theme, an entire lap. You pick a theme, pick a bunch of movies, other things for us to cover, fun time, wacky adventures, whatever you want us to do, we'll we will do, do at the twenty five dollar tier. Dancing fucking monkeys over here. But shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, and Alex Ellenin for supporting us at the five dollar level or above. Yes, thank, thank you. you all so very much but joe let us crack open the mailbag oh actually before i get there i, I do want to say available today as this comes out on blu-ray hobbs and shaw oh nice yeah i'm, I'm waiting i'm gonna get that extended edition for the for Kara this lap because i feel like oh, we're, yes. we're going firmly it's extended right like from here I on think out so well so this is the other thing that you know i have a 4k for everything i'm getting the 4k the annoying thing about the 4k for fate and we've talked about this before is that the disc is just the theatrical the digital copy yeah, that comes right. with it I forgot you told is the extended this. yeah but this is it's just the the disc is just theatrical and like you know i don't necessarily need more of that movie but I think the extra stuff does add a little bit. But, yeah, you know, it's just it's kind of annoying. Yep. So, open up the mailbag. Joe, we have, I think, another there's a, another one, another two part in here, but there are eight emails right now. Okay, that's a lot. Six days ago. Damn, you guys are writing. Okay, I like it. I know. I know, I know, I know. So, first up, from Wells Lamont. Oh, actually, I have to open up Gmail because uh, subject line, too long. So the, the 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 webmail so like a lot of the things so this is this is a behind the scenes the webmail client that the cageclub.me email addresses use like I have everything forward to my Gmail yeah but what I read from is this webmail client that's just like kind of a low like it basically looks like it's from like 1999 and okay. it just it crops the subject lines everything else is fine but the subject lines get brutally cut off so okay subject line knock knock who's there the the Who, no, it's the Beatles, and then firework kind of exploding emoji. Sorry for this one, bros. From Wells Lamont, of course. Who else would it be? Yeah, makes sense. Thank you, Wells. I hope someone chooses Bobby Z for a P Walks movie to watch. I don't know what Bobby Z is. Well, I don't have no idea. We have announced that next uh, next week is going to be Brick Mansions. We already said that. Uh, yeah, which is very oh, Bobby Z is just a, it's just the movie called Bobby Z. <laughs> so you thought that we just were so we were just so in tune with Wells. We thought that he was like hype titling. Oh shit! Movie. Okay, so this is a movie with Paul Walker, Lawrence Fishburne, and Olivia Wilde, who I have a crush on. Ooh. A DEA agent provides former Marine Tim Kearney don't tell with me, a way don't out tell of me, his don't prison tell me, sentence. Don't tell me! Don't tell me! Don't tell me! Stop there, DEA agent. There's no way that you're going to guess not, what this movie so, is. Well, we're not doing it this lap. Spoilers for Wells. But you also, like, we're not going to do another Paul Walker lap for years, probably. Uh, so you're not going to remember this. Fair. Impersonate Bobby Z, a recently deceased drug dealer, in a hostage switch with a crime lord. It sounds interesting, though. I would do it. Yeah, same. He says the, chi- the TV channel Reels had two shows back-to-back about P-Walks. First one was, quote, Behind the Doors. I caught it last 45 minutes. The second one was called Fatal Crash. It was so sad and so heavy and so difficult to watch that I turned it off in the first five minutes and deleted it off my save shows. <laughs> it was rough. It shook me up. I'm, I, I was laughing at the deleted it off. Like, I just fucking, he just was like, I'd never want to see this again. Not the, like, the, obviously the tragic thing that happened, but. 
Fatal Crash sounds like the title of a Lifetime movie, too, doesn't it? Sure it sure does. Now I'm wondering if it was like a dramatic reenactment. Like, the title makes it sound like that, but it could also be like a mini-doc or something. I can also see Fatal Crash being like a story about a high schooler who is trying to cram for the SATs and like staying up so late and taking all oh. these drugs to like stay awake, and then it's the Fatal Crash because they die. Like, either, not even in the car accident, but just they die. Maybe it's maybe like a car accident, maybe it's a double entendre. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like the come down from the, uh, from the high. Yeah, too stressful, man. High school. When Michelle Rodriguez said that one dude had no idea what he was talking about, referring to a possible Justice for Han thing, or whatever he said, it made me think that she's lying, and there will be a Justice for Han thing that fans will enjoy. I trust nothing in the Fastiverse. Anything can happen. Oh, he's just skeptical of her. She she threw us a red herring. I was like, obviously, we have Vin Diesel and The Rock have a beef. Maybe that's not even obvious. Maybe that's just... Hype. Maybe it's all You're theatrics. Right. This could be like rap beefs. Like, they could just be, like, right? fake beefing behind the scenes. Or just boys. wrestling. Like, just keep it simple. Just wrestling oh, beef, right? Like, yeah. it's all where the rock comes from. So, yeah, so maybe there's that, and maybe there's... We're going to get to the news segment in a little bit, but one thing that I've intentionally not shared on our social media is there's a whole nother wave. And I, I, t- I messaged this to you. There's a whole nother wave of, like, Keanu's going to be in Fast 9, and it's like, it's all coming from... Chris Morgan, who's not writing Fast Nine, he's just producing <laughs> I, it. I know. Who's saying like we want to get him in the franchise? Yes, we all know that. But like, there's no new evidence here, and I feel like no. if he's in Fast Nine, amazing. But like, we've already had this discussion. We're already excited about it. Like, we don't need to post more. Well, the thing is, they're playing telephone, and also, yeah. like you said, maybe this is just manufactured promotion that they're re-releasing the stories and creating the buzz again because Hobbs and Shaw DVD is coming out. People want to find out who the voice was. You know what Mm. I mean? Rent it, buy it. Because people are going to be like, is Keanu in this one? Where do they think Keanu is going to be? And then, you know what I mean? You get more eyes. I wish that we were better at Photoshop because we could take like a first look on the set of Fast 9 and just Photoshop Keanu in there. And like post it like, breaking news, Too Fast, Too Forever just got this text picture. That we would actually get a cease and desist probably. (laughs) Probably. Like, we'll just get like the Vin Diesel one with like him with his arm around John Cena, but it just like clearly John Wick, like just copied and pasted over. We could probably do that. Yeah. Let's do it really yeah. shitty and see if it takes off. <laughs> you know what I mean? See if people will be like, oh shit. I'll let you do that in paint because I know that you love oh. rock and paint. So if you want to do that I'll... in paint, we'll see how that turns out. I make all the memes for the Too Fast, Too Forever page, which I'll, a lot of them are original. You'll notice which ones I make, obviously. I make them in MS Paint because I'm terrible at Photoshop. Like, I just can't do it. And yeah. nobody else will make them for me, and that's fine. I get it. But it takes me, like, an hour in paint at work. So Yeah? Yeah. Kills an hour. Kills an hour. There we go. Wells says, Joey's speech was awesome. Us, the fans, are lucky and thankful for you two because you're the stars. We're just fans enjoying the ride. What was your speech? Maybe me saying, thank, thank your creators. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing, too. That was my Oscar moment. It was. Whippets are hella fun. When I was 14, we'd take BART out. BART is the Bay Area... Yeah, BART is Something train? What does it stand for? I'm going to try to think of it. It's the... I mean, there's the movie Fruitvale Station starring Michael B. Jordan before he was, like, superstar Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, that's right. Where he gets shot. He plays that. It's a real-life... The retelling of the the man who was shot and killed by police out there. Take the BART out to Berkeley and go to the bong shops on Telegraph. These scummy fucks <laughs> used to sell us cases of Little Nitro's canisters and the cracker and balloon. Yeah. We were going nuts with it. Then we discovered whipped cream cans. We never had a problem buying them, so we tried to buy them all at once at the grocery <laughs> store. The register woman asked what they were all for, and I fumbled, and she said, nope, sorry, can't sell these to you. God damn so we rode it. our bikes to the next store and bought them there. <laughs> That shit is so fun, but so bad for you. I'm glad it's I stopped so not too long after you. I started. It's amazing, though. I'm not going to lie. 
it's so stupid. It's the quickest, dumbest, most meaningless high ever. That's what I'm saying. Like you got to do it once. Like I'm gonna, if at some point I'm gonna get you to do one because it's like it's so stupid. You're gonna be like, oh, that was it. And you're like, yep, that was it. You just your head just go womp 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 for three seconds. And you're like, yep, that was it. Bay Area Rapid Transit. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Back to the how much is 35 large convo in 2F2F. They race for 35 large, but it's really 3,500. Yes. Which I think we're I think we're in agreement there. Yes. He says, they got it wrong, and that's fine, but keep it consistent. In the first one, Letty races dudes at race wars for two large, meaning 2,000. Yes. So pretty much in one movie, large means 100. In the other, it means 1,000, just saying. Maybe that's an East Coast, West Coast thing. No. Probably not. It's probably Definite, bad writing. It's but maybe it's writing. a maybe it's a Maybe it's an East Coast, West Coast thing. That's what they're trying to pitch. Sure. Yeah, sure. In why not? Florida, large means... Hundreds. <laughs> it's more expensive to live in California than it is to live in Florida. It, Miami's so, expensive as fuck. It's like this, at least the same price. Oh, boy. I forgot they were in Miami. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Theory out the window. P.S. There was more of this email, but somehow it got erased. Anyway, I'll <laughs> holler at you on the flip. Peace out. Well, thanks for writing it, Wells. And thanks for always cracking me up. I appreciate it. And I'm sorry that you didn't get sold those whippets when you fumbled the bag real hard in front of the... <laughs> in front of the cashier. But I think he meant that he fumbled the answer. Like she's like, No, I know, need, I know. That's what I was for? saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like he just like you fumbled it. Like you fucked up. Yeah. Next email is from Nate Milton, our friend over at the Rocky Maya via picture show, cool. responding to my email saying, Hope you got time to join us. He says, Yo Joe By the way, before we agreed to this, like let me let me like premise this. Oh yeah. I was listening to some of Nate's Rocky Maya via picture show. He is awesome. I'm a sucker for a good, like, radio voice, right? Because, like, I, I hate mine. I, I think that we sound pretty terrible. I can't believe anybody listens to us. He has this awesome radio voice. And he watched... He, he's a big wrestling fan, obviously. He's great and charismatic, and I cannot wait to go do that episode of that show. I was telling you, like, dude, I think this is going to be so much fun. So I'm really hyped for it. Very cool. He says, I appreciate the invitation, brothers. My podcast schedule is pretty robust, but... I can always make room for family, especially when I don't have to edit the family show. No. LOL. <laughs> Fist emoji, car emoji, 100 emoji. Well, Nate, I don't know if you listened to the show yet. I don't know if you are if you have ever listened to the show. Doesn't matter. I don't matter. know how you found us. Same. But you are we'll welcome into our family. Oh, God. Oh, God. I haven't watched Hobbs and Shaw in long enough. Ohana? I want to say... It, was, it wasn't Ohanu, right? Or, uh, um, Usa. Uso. 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 Yeah, Uso. he's a brother. There we go. Yeah. Because I was also thinking just um, Samoa, and I was like, that's not right. All right, so that was from Nate. All right. Cool, so we're in. Cool. Next email from Alex Ellenin, subject FNF musical parody. So anybody who does not remember, he wrote in an email about uh, they were doing a parody in L.A. And they're doing it again the, soon. And they're doing it again soon, I think yeah. in November, mid-November. Yeah. So he says, the creators of the musical parody actually did an episode of The Smoking Tire last week. Ooh. Did we talk about this? No, we talked about Craig Lieberman was on The Smoking Tire. Because right. it might he might have wrote in saying that he heard something about Craig Lieberman on The Smoking Tire. But I don't know who those guys are, but they're just like chomping up all of our little factoids here, aren't they? Yeah. Better go listen to Smoking Tire. I don't want to get into it too far because it's only about an hour long, but it's worth the hour of your time, in my opinion. I'm on it. I also feel like I should apologize as the Browns just got murked by the Pats yesterday, <laughs> and I'm predominantly a Lions fan. I just grew up in an area with obnoxious Steelers fans. Thanks, guys. Heart emoji, Alex Ellen. <laughs> yes. That's fine. And Steelers fans are obnoxious. I find them very intolerable in the city of Pittsburgh. I still love the team. I grew up there, so that is my team. I, I, I acknowledge that they're pretty pretty much a giant 
bag of shit. I think that that's true probably of like most fans though. Like no, I think it's just like, most fans in general. No, because dude, we talked about this. Like I really enjoy the Jets fans. Like we're here and they're just like so self-deprecating and they're just like, they're just, they know that their team sucks. They're okay with it. They're still going to go out there and they're going to talk shit on their team and like acknowledge it. Like they're not, they, they don't have this like why these delusions of grandeur Steelers fans used to have. They're coming back to earth. Pats fans, Cowboys fans, fucking Browns fans after the summer Super Bowl that they won, that they just have these, like, delusions, and you're like, no, like, just be realistic. I I think that that's what makes me a decent Steelers fan, is that, like, I don't kid myself saying that, like, you know, we're gonna win every year, and everybody's perfect, and nothing bad can happen. But a lot of Pittsburgh does believe that they're just, like, walking on water all the time, and it drives me nuts. Walking on the three rivers, baby. Good one. I wore a Vikings because I wear the Vikings hat around a lot yeah. because I have I have a Yankees hat and I have a Vikings hat and uh, there's no reason to wear the Yankees hat anymore right now so I wear the <laughs> yeah. Vikings hat a lot whenever I'm wearing a hat and I wore it to the pizza shop and the woman behind the counter is just like you know this like 50 year old woman she's just like hey Vikings they won yesterday or whatever because I was uh, yeah. Friday night yeah so they had won on Thursday night and cool. I was like yeah they did she's like oh my brother's a huge Vikings fan so I know I'm you know I follow them we started talking a little bit and she was saying about how it feels like she, her brother and I had the same idea about them she's like oh yeah he does doesn't go to the games around here because like just the fans are so obnoxious i don't want like people are like are you at the game because they the, the vikings played against the giants this year okay in new, in new jersey yeah they played against the jets last year in new jersey and yeah. people are like why didn't you go i'm like because i don't want to get like yelled at by drunk new york fans that's fair for three hours as my team is gonna inevitably like destroy that like it's not like fun i love going to a game when you're part of the crowd that's like rooting for the same team yes but there's not like an appeal to me because I think NFL fans is, I mean every, every a lot of fans are not great but like NFL fans I think are sort of like kind of mob mentality-ish right? Yeah and, they're, and it, it's like it's more of a drinking sport too because like it's at one o'clock on the after like on a yep. weekend the whole stadium's not blackout at a hockey game on a Wednesday night for football it's one o'clock on a Sunday for most of us so it's like yeah they've been drinking since eight and, like, you get a whole bunch of them together, it's going to be bad. But what I'm trying to say is that I don't think Steelers fans are alone in being bad. I think a lot of fans, especially, you know, maybe Northeast or whatever. Yeah. I also remember I wore, <laughs> when I moved down to, uh, when I moved down to Austin and I went, uh, my friend and I were going to a Cowboys-Texans game up in Dallas. Okay. And I went to the mall near me just to get like a because I just want to get like a cowboy shirt or something I was like I don't want to own a cowboy shirt like <laughs> I, I don't like I would I baseball I'll, own, I'll wear I own like a, a shirt from every stadium I've gone to but like I'm like I don't want to I don't want to own a cowboy shirt amen I went and I got a uh, it's a Johnny football and it was an orange shirt and it had a Browns logo because Johnny Manziel had just been drafted yeah and I was like, cool, like, I, I was going to spend $25, I'm going to spend $25 here on this. And I wore that, and, like, it's the same kind of thing that I get, like, up here, where my friend and I wore Rams jerseys to a, uh, like, like uh, Kurt Warner and Marshall Falk jerseys to a Jets-Texans game, when it was, like, the $10 tickets. <laughs> Wrong stadium, pal! It's like, no, like, I'm, I'm in the right place, I'm just, you know, wearing other <laughs> apparel. But I wore, like, the, the, the Manziel thing, and people, like, were so angry, and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Why does it matter? Like I don't know. Man. I get like if I'm wearing a Texans thing. Like I mean, there are a lot of Texans fans there because it's still Dallas. Yeah, it's still Texas. Still Texas yeah. But I'm just I'm very clearly like not. That's why when I go to Jets when I go to Jets games I just wear like a black T-shirt 
Because then, like, you just yeah. don't get bothered. You just just fly under the radar. Like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just here for fun. I'm going to drink some beers. That's it. I still love that Johnny Manziel shirt, though. I mean, whew, I still wear it. Well, Baker Mayfield is Johnny Manziel, so there you go. Oh, but I saw a headline today that was Baker, I like, know. you know. He oh, freaked out. I saw it. Pro no, I watched talk. it. Yeah. If I offend anybody, that's too bad. Oh. Yeah, that's always a good sign when your franchise quarterback's having meltdowns like that. In the second year. In his first year as a starter, really. Johnny first four years as a starter. There we go. So, sorry for all the sports talk again. Next email. Get it back on track. Yep. From Nick Burris. Subject line, I got the fuck today. LOL. Spank that ass. Suki. So, you know, he's saying, he, he got say, the who gets yeah, the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he got the fuck. I hope he's not, is he like telling us that he actually just like, he 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 did fornication today? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. He, he, he was so uh, proud of it, he sent us an email. He lane with someone? <laughs> Well, was it quadruple spaced? Quadruple he spaced. He did. I mean, that's essentially like we we know what happened. We just don't know the details. He <laughs> said, I'll just send them when I can. So it's all semi-old. So here we go. Okay. Talking about the Breaking Bad, Netflix has a sequel movie about Jesse escaping the end, El Camino. Do we talk about El Camino in here or no? We did only because Wes was catching up on Breaking Bad to watch El Camino when it came out. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I think we are both in agreement that the movie is very good. It's not necessarily needed. It. Oh, you haven't seen it yet? No. I, I was thought planning you and Rachel on... watch it that first weekend. No, I planned on watching Breaking Bad to catch up and watch it, and then like everybody was like, eh, about it, and I was like, I'm going to put this off for Oh, a no, while. the movie's good. I mean, it's not needed, and I, but it's it's cool to see Jesse again. It doesn't feel like a movie as much as it feels like a long episode, but it's still not a bad thing. Fair. Yeah, I'm not I'm not opposed. I'm like not saying I'm never going to watch it, but like I was like, oh, I should probably watch Breaking Bad first to do like Yeah, I don't know if you need to because there's also like <laughs> yeah. there's like a 3 or 5 minute thing that Netflix puts together. Like, oh, like I would that. honestly yeah. say and maybe this is just the way that I watch it, but I had seen the first few seasons a couple times. I didn't remember as much about the last season, so maybe watch the final season. That's like one of my least favorites. But if, it, that's the important stuff. I, I get it. To this. Yeah. Cuz this is effectively kind of the 36 hours or like most of it is like the 36 hours immediately after the finale. Oh, okay, like, cool. Nice. I mean, I guess this is also kind of spoilers for Breaking Bad, but nah. also whatever. It's basically the 36 hours because it's essentially like what Jesse does immediately following the end of the show. Cool. Okay. Nick says, when I was in Afghanistan, I collected CDs, lots of them. Just something to do over there when you're off work. The last one I listened to was Too Fast, Too Furious. Oh, the soundtrack. Nice. Some of my favorite moments were Suki in her car that would growl at her, and when Roman and Fabio line up and Roman's talking shit and Fabio just makes the whole car shake. Funny, funny. Yes, I do like that too. And we actually just talked about that guy because he's in... It's not that guy. It's the other guy. He's John... He's John, John Chenetiempo. Chenetiempo, yes. Uh, in Furious 7. He says, when Brian pulls up, I always thought the spray was from the oxygen from the Nas. Or was the, was the oxygen from the Nas? When it's straight injected, you have to bleed it. But yep. now I know about turbos. It makes no, more no, sense. No, 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 no. No, you, you were right. <laughs> I was wrong. What what a journey this is going to be. Where he, I like, know. We're so he fucked. Hears, he hears you say that you were right, and which sounded right. It, and he's I like, oh, cool, now right. I understand it. He was right. You're purging your nitrous. It says, recently I watched Hobbs and Shaw. saw that Brixton's motorcycle was a triumph. That was cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's an English motorcycle company, right? I, who are you asking? Not me. Okay, fair. Yes. Hick Hinkley United Kingdom. Yeah. Founded by John Bloor in 1984. Ooh, nice. He says, here's a pick for Dude, What's My Car? Catch you later. I be listening. Okay. So we will do this. We have one more Wes sent in. Yes. Then we have this. So this is going to be in a couple of episodes. Because we play one on this show. Spoilers, we record the, late, the, the back half first. Yeah. But we did the one that Justin said in like a month ago now. So then we got Wes's and then we got this one from Nick. So Perfect. cool, cool, cool. They're in order. All right. Okay. Next email again from Alex Ellen in subject line, Brick Mansions. Yo, Joe's. 
Okay. I also keep thinking, you know, when he says Yo Joe's, and I think somebody else maybe said Yo Joe's, or maybe that's his thing. G.I. Joe. Yo Rise Joe. Of Cobra. Rise of Cobra. And we, you know, we, we will never watch the second one, I guess, but, uh, you know, there is another one. And there's going to be a spin off now. There's a third G.I. Joe movie coming out, apparently. Fuck. I also saw Brick Mansions in theaters, and I'm easy to please. Oh, this is a good email. I read this. I enjoyed just about every Paul Walker movie. However, I was on a date with a girl I'd known for a little while, you know, a friend of a friend type thing. Okay. Well, on the drive home uh, from the theater, we were talking about the movie, and I said I'm a big Paul Walker fan ever since I saw the first Fast and Furious when I was 10. <laughs> she said the movies were dumb, but could, but couldn't give any description of what, why they were dumb. We talk about this a lot, and you know that. Like, if you say you don't like something, that's fine. Qualify it. You know what I mean? Like, tell me why you don't like it. You Maybe you don't like the corniness. Maybe you don't like all the car stuff. That's fine. But if you can't tell me why you think they're dumb, you're just, like, following a trend somehow. You know what I mean? Like... You have to be able to express why you don't like it. Yes. And I feel like this is, I mean, you, you might have always had this thing, but I feel like this is kind of something that I've helped you or I've uh, tried to instill in you. We, we have these conversations a lot. And to you and to my friends, I will say, I think that's dumb. And if you ask me why, I can explain it. And you get frustrated that I don't explain it sometimes immediately. But if we talk about it, I'll explain why. Yeah. And usually I have a good reason for why. You might not agree with the reasoning, but I have my own reasonings for why I didn't like something. A lot of the time you're like, this movie reminds me of a bad movie and I like it. I'm just like, I don't, I don't <laughs> like it, 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 it makes sense. Like your logic tracks, but it's also like. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to make sense to you, but you have to produce a reason. <laughs> That's what it is. Um, he says, I shouldn't have to tell you that after I dropped her off, I ghosted her. Ain't nobody <laughs> need that kind of negativity in their life. I'm a firm believer in that you can slowly mold on a long enough timeline in a relationship, you kind of become one person. Rachel didn't like the Fast and Furious movies and now she watches them and is totally fine with it. It's slow coaxing and you can eventually get to a similar point. In the same sense, there's a lot of shit that I didn't do that she fixed too. So, But yes, yeah, fuck her. We don't need that negativity. <laughs> nope, we don't need that negativity. So that was the end of that email. Next email, also from Alex. He's at subject line hyperdrive. It says, boy, I had some feelings on this as I was listening. U.S. Top Gear was an underrated show. He says you can't compare it to the U.K. Top Gear because the original had the massive budget of the BBC. True. The U.S. Top Gear only had the History Channel. Yes. USTG, U.S. Top Gear, actually switched to a different format after the, I think, second season one of the more popular road trip episodes every time. Oh. Which is exactly what the Grand Tour is doing now. Yes. That's what I loved about Top Gear, the BBC. And he has a point, and that's that's totally fair, that they brought it back, not enough budgeting, stuff like that. I personally was just, like, so turned off by the original, like, the first, I don't even think I made it through the end of the first season of the U.S. Top Gear, but I was just like, ugh, and I just kind of dismissed it. So it has a bad taste in my mouth. And maybe I'm unfairly judging the host guy. I'll take your word for it. Rutledge also does some commentary for NASCAR and is a really big car guy. A lot of internet car people actually think Rutledge should be the main host, and I have to say, I'm one of them. I suggest you check out Rut's Instagram, as he's got a decently eclectic taste in cars. That's actually a cool idea, and I will go add him on Instagram. Then Alex says, I was listening at work and had to stop listening in the middle of this and forgot the rest of my thoughts. All right. Okay. But $10 to pick something for you to watch? Count me the fuck in, bruh. I might just pick my favorite episodes of U.S. Top Gear. So then, two minutes later, Alex Ellenin just ended their pledge to $10. So he bumped up over on Patreon. So thank you, Alex. Thank you, Alex. For supporting us over there. So Alex is just like, I think he, he gets it. He's just like... Hey, I'm going to make you, like, I have the power to control your lives. 
I'm going to pay you a little bit more money and like force you to watch stuff. That's fine, and and we'll do that. And like I'll I'll still enjoy it. You know that we give everything a positive outlook. We're never gonna be down on something, right? You know what I mean? Like yep. we're gonna give it full commitment like we do everything else so so now this means now that we have ben jake and alex all supporting us at the ten dollar level we need to pick our next two themes i think i think so here's what i'm thinking and this is kind of a loosey-goosey we don't have to follow this necessarily okay good but just the same way that we're kind of doing an entire lap with one guest and then an entire lap with different guests yes i'm kind of thinking we could alternate like actor lap with theme something theme. else like theme then like general actor lap, theme then something else either like a theme or a movie or a genre or whatever i'm down with that so we just got to figure out so i think for next year for 2020 we're gonna have basically the two different two different laps it's gonna start lap three lap six okay starts at the end of february so okay. then i think lap seven will end in like november december ish So, those two laps, we're going to do some actor from the franchise, and then also some theme or some genre or some movie or whatever. So, uh, we will be in touch with all three of you, and anybody else who bumps up to that $10 theme or or joins at the $10 tier. Yeah, you got the power. You Like, I got the power. Remember that song? When you said that, I thought you were saying, I got the touch, I got the power. What's that one? No, I don't know that one. I got the touch, do do. No, oh god, I'm I glad I got power? you to sing, though. Here, I'm going to put the link in here. Let me get a listen to this. It's very 80s. It's wonderful. I believe you. I probably know what it is. I just don't know the name. I mean, like, it's, it's right from the jump. Like, you either know the song or you won't. Oh, yeah. Got the power. Yep. Yeah. See? Yeah, I knew it. Okay. So, again, thank you, Alex, for yeah, number one for you. supporting Seriously. us over there. Number two, bumping up. Thank you again to everybody who does that. Uh, when we started it, it was kind of like a, we don't know what this is going to be, but I think that we have grown it into something weird and kind of fun over there. curate it really well, and I comment that you do a great job with it all the time, and that's all Joey's doings. He does all of the back and front work of that, so. <laughs> well, thank you. You're and I, um, I think it's cool that you have actual ability to, like, the power. Steer. Uh, number one, to touching steer. The, ta- the power. You can steer us, but also you can vote and things. Like, you, you know, all sorts of stuff over there. And access to the minute document and all sorts of fun stuff. Early access to the opening parts of episodes. All sorts of good fun stuff over there. Okay. Final email, also subject line hyperdrive, from Mr. Wes Hampton. What up, fam? Ooh, hi, Wes. Great hyperdrive episode. You'll be happy to know I did make it through the season. It was a lot of fun to watch. Cool. We had similar takes on the show, so I don't have too much to add in that respect. Here are my new episode observations. Okay. It's totally fine for you to call me out on reusing a subject line because of the recording schedule in the last couple episodes. I actually sent those, I think, at least a week apart. And this lap, I've been lazy with the subject lines. The thing is... You don't need to be... He's got, a, he's, got a, he's got a reason. Let's okay, see what the it. reason is. The thing is, when I wrote the last one, I couldn't remember if I had been referencing the subject of the episode I was replying to or the episode that the email would be used on. And as I was writing it, I remember thinking, I'm pretty sure I used the subject last time. <laughs> oh, well, they'll live with a repeat. Obviously, I was wrong. <laughs> Sorry. Brutal. Joe, we feel the same about Roethlisberger. We've been wishing he would retire for what seems like a decade. Yes, I agree. I threw him right out in the fucking trash a long time ago. In the, I threw him in the bathroom trash when he came Throw out the of the stall. baby out with the bathwater. As soon as he came out of the stall, I threw him in the bathroom trash. So On the subject of Cardi B and Fast 9, I'm cool with it. I like Cardi B, and they have a long history of hip-hop star cameos, as you mentioned. I just hope it's only a cameo. They've already expanded the family quite a bit on this one. And actually, uh, Wes messaged me a follow-up kind of Car- Cardi B-related. Uh, he said that he and Mrs. Wes were going to see Hustlers today. Oh, cool. And... 
the pre-roll at the draft house had a uh, Cardi B music video, and apparently he was he was worried it was going to be another Hobbs and Shaw situation because it was like a lot of old ladies around who seemed to be like offended and sort of surprised by the content of the Cardi B music video. Which to go see a movie about strippers, uh, <laughs> Very I don't understand what yeah. you think you're seeing. I don't know either, man. I love Cardi. I actually really like. I like. I enjoy Cardi's music. I think it's fucking catchy. I am now old enough to where like I have no qualms with being like, yeah, I like these songs. You know what I mean? Like when you're like younger and impressionable. Like if I was like 16, I'd be like, oh fuck that, I don't listen to that. But like now I'm yeah. like, send it. Like I, I will Balenciaga sneakers with the ones that look like socks. I'm about it. I, I've not hidden the fact at all that I almost exclusively listen to pop music and now country music thanks to uh, my friend making a playlist. The pop, like the Carly Rae, and like my favorite song of the last. Basically, my favorite song since the Carly Rae Jepsen album came out is the new Kesha song. Like, it's so fucking good. Like, it's just so it's so good. You're allowed to like it. That's the best and part. I, about uh, this. And not only am I allowed to like it, I love it. Yeah, that's fine. Wes says on the subject of tricking friends and loved ones into seeing the movie because of a cameo, we did the same thing to my mom. There you we go. We got her to see Guardians of the Galaxy because we told her Bradley Cooper was in it. She really liked the movie, but kept waiting for him to show up until we finally told her after the movie ended. Oh, that he, yeah, that he's Rocket. Rocket. Yeah. yeah. Probably behind. Behind Iron Man, I think my favorite MCU character. I love Rocket. I, I do love Rocket. And that's that's what I'm saying. So, like, I think it's a great thing. You'd be like, Mom, like, Bradley Cooper's in this movie. She's like, I love Bradley Cooper. You're like, exactly. Yeah. And you take her, and then she sees the movie. She's like, this was pretty good. And you're like, yeah. And she's like, but where the fuck was Bradley Cooper? And you're like, the, the raccoon. Hey, Mom, Vin Diesel's in this movie. Yeah, exactly. You didn't hear his different lines? I am Groot. I am Groot. We are Groot. Oh, that's true, yeah. Hyperdrive was really entertaining, but I agree. I wish they had someone there explaining some of the more technical aspects of the techniques they were using. And actually, side note, Wes tweeted us with a link. I had not watched a video. I it was did. Like a 25-minute video. Yeah, it was Fielding Shredder, and yep. he went through and he answered a lot of our questions. We, uh, can I? Can we kind of run through it now? Let me watch it, and then we can talk about it next no, episode. Is that no, okay? No, it's, it's really simple. I'm just going to, like, I'm going to save you 25 minutes. Yeah. We had questions. It was like, did they pay them? They got no money. They got no money to fix their cars. Nothing. When he, like, put the mud flaps on his car, that's because he's like, I'm broke, and I put the mud flaps on my car because that's what I could afford to do. One big thing was the leveler. Remember we were bitching that they, like, didn't really – they were, like, always off and, like, doing it wrong? He yep. said that's because the video was on delay, so, like, your partner that was coaching you – like was two seconds behind oh so they're like go up go up but you're already up and then you'd go like go back go back and you'd be off and it was just like that and that's why a lot of these people were just like fuck it i'll just do it myself you know what i mean yeah i wonder like you know after you do that once and you realize that there's a delay like shouldn't you be like you, you i think i feel like that's the kind of thing where you could kind of Counter sort of counteract that yeah you could I, but that's what he claims one thing you couldn't tell is that he said one of the hardest things was the water one and he said because your car would just be fucking like you couldn't see shit out of it and he said so it made it so that you know the part that you like that you do like all four targets in a row yep he said that that was like nearly impossible you'd have to pretty much do it on feel and that's why people kept missing them because after you come out of the water your car would like fog up so bad that you couldn't see and you're just doing it kind of doing it you know what i mean like you're doing gotcha. it blind. Yeah, yeah, yeah so uh those were like the main t- he said everybody was like really cool um all the people were really fun he was trying to like get more famous and he would do a season two he said if everybody watches it and do stuff like we did talk about it that they'll probably have a season two and he would love to be on season two and he's like hung out with some of the other people afterwards stuff like that but like those are the main three takeaway things 
that I got from it that cool. we talked cool. about. Yeah. Well, thank you for giving 25 minutes of my life back. You did, and thank you, Wes, for sending the video. It was yeah. great, and I watched it, so thank you. Wes goes on, there's no way that finale wasn't at least a little scripted. I mean, the driving stuff wasn't, but when they showed the lineup for the finale, they made a point to say it was completely random, and I thought, wow, <laughs> what a coincidence that the, the, best that the kid. drivers were mostly in order from the least to most likely <laughs> to win, with the heavy favorite going last. Maybe that's just my reality TV cynical mind, but I've never been able to trust any, quote, non-scripted No, that's, that was so scripted. I'm 100 percent with you was like it went like literally from like the people like the times that they placed in just say that like just say you know you're you qualified like, and this is your pole position yeah that's exactly fine. yeah like, I would you, have were, no the, you were the this. worst like you're still here but you're the worst so you're gonna go first you're gonna set the pace that's fine totally fine by me because and everyone like just beat the last person right like every time you're watching it it's like oh they just uh-huh. beat them they just beat them they just beat them which on the one hand like i understand if they're like all about even like you sort of see how they do the course and you can do the course a little bit differently but at the same time if they're a little bit better same thing, right? So, yeah. The water cannon smashing Corinna's windshield was pretty shocking. It was the first time I thought, oh, okay, this course was designed by people who actually didn't know what they were doing and never yep. thought to test these obstacles. Yep. I was disappointed with Fielding's crash, but I was okay with them letting Corinna finish her lap because even though her car stalling was her fault, their poor design and a lack of a safety check is what took her out. That's true. That's fair because Fielding's kind of was his own fault for going too hard. Wreckers are checkers. Checkers are wreckers. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's why we love him, you know? Exactly. The Lamborghini guy was so boring. Yes. It was cool that he engineered his car to kind of drift, I guess, but he didn't even seem like a rich jerk that would have at least made him a little bit more interesting to watch. He was just so blah. I was happy when he got knocked out both times. I was really happy when Fielding made it back in. He was a lot of fun to watch, and now I'm looking at events around here to see if I can go watch him race in person. Oh, Ooh. that's right. He's in Texas, and he and he talks about in the video that like this is his like racing group or whatever, like the circuit that he's on, and you can go watch him in Texas. And like he was like, I'm super friendly. Don't dox me. Essentially, he's like, if you know like where my girlfriend lives or my phone number, please don't post it online. But like other than that, like if you see me at an event, come up and talk, and like we'll bullshit and stuff. So he cool. seemed like a cool dude. Yeah, yeah, he seemed cool, and like Britney seemed like I was saying that I like Britney too, and they're both at the Texas people right so yeah. like i think that they're both i don't know if you know this joe but texas is pretty big i don't know if they're in the same i don't know if they're in the same part of the state or not but i think <laughs> i feel not. like they they ha- they had to have crossed paths at some already, point you know what i mean because like they're yeah. it's not like this is like a gigantic like, i know that a lot of people race and do this kind of stuff like it's not like a gigantic scene where there's like it's not like little league baseball right where it's yes. like oh I'm, you all play yep. little league but it's just like when you're at whatever level they're at and you do this kind of thing especially in the same state like you probably cross paths yeah you probably met each other at least once somewhere yeah I thought it was funny that all the press was about Charlie Theron's new show, and then they literally only mentioned her name in the first episode when she went to South Africa. Yep. Yeah. The whole, and it starts right now, was a weird way to end the episodes. I get what they're going for. A lot of the times I was going straight into the next one, but it still felt weird as an ending, which is what I was saying when I agree. Yeah, I agree. There are a few shows that do a good job with meta jokes about the nature of a binge watching and streaming services, but my favorite's Big Mouth. Season three is great, by the way. You need to catch up, which I will do soon. I will do soon, too. I promise. Whenever people are sort of smart about the way that they kind of make fun of the the medium that they're on, like I remember, I don't think I told the story on here. It's not really a story. Are you talking about when thinking of Arrested Development when they're like, it would HBO great if we, you remember this, when Arrested Development was getting canceled and they have that like Mm. one episode where they're trying to get picked up. Yes, yes, yes. They're like, it's showtime, you know, like that's what I was thinking of. But actually, similarly, because it's related to this David Cross thing, uh, when I was visiting my friend down in Virginia, I was listening to his audiobook 
book, I Drink for a Reason. Okay. While he's narrating it, he like stops a couple times. He's just like, why the fuck are you listening to this? Like, <laughs> why are you, are you this lazy that you're not reading a book? Like, why do I need to do the work to like read this to you? Like, what, like, what is your problem? Like, he did it like only like, two or three times That's over like awesome. six hours. But it's like, it's something that you really kind of can't do. Like, you can make fun of somebody for reading a book, but like, it's the same, like, you're writing a book. Like, this is like an adaptation of it. Yeah. It's kind of cool to like turn the medium on its head a little bit. Yeah, that's very cool. Wes says, I can't remember if you said in the episode, but did you have a favorite car in the series? I liked the Charger a lot just because it was fun to watch, but I loved Aaron Parker's RX-7, and I loved how the announcers jumped every time it was on the line. I liked the RX-7 too, and Fielding actually said in his video that that was his favorite car. He was like, if there was any car that I could have from the show that wasn't mine, it's that RX-7, because he said it was just like beautiful inside which i mean like we get like a little peek of that but i also trust his judgment if he was like the car is like perfect you know what i mean like yeah. it's as great as it can be i don't know the car i don't know i still don't know cars well enough but i really like the car i think they were calling like the they call the guy the sheriff the one that had like the kind of like cop car with like the green light oh the french guy no the sheriff was diego's friend so it was so it's that one. but i like it from the outside i don't like i don't i don't know you know what i mean like I, I like it for a different reason i guess yeah i think he's the one who had the bmw engine in it too which was really funny to me remember when i said that there was like an american car and had a bmw engine in it and i was like what the fuck is that yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yes 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 or did he have a did he have a nissan 240 i forget there was like two police cars though there was like two cars that were police cars they're like one guy was a sheriff and then the french guy had like a car with like police lights on it too so it was it was weird let me take a look hold on i might be mixing them up hotcars.com diego higa had a ford mustang gt yeah we knew that nate galvez had a mazda mx5 actually aaron parker at the rx7 yes that's not the one I'm talking about. No, that's not. That's the one that Wes said he likes, and that's the one that Fielding said he likes, and I like that one too. Yes. So the best one, the one that I liked was Drow's uh, yes. Ford Mustang. That had the green light on it. That's what you were saying. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. There was two other people that had police cars. I think the Japanese guy. Yeah, there's had... the, there was a black and white checkered one too, right? Yes. Which is the yeah. I think that, that was a Japanese guy. Was that the the Drift Sensei? The dr- he had one, and then I think the French guy had lights on top of his too. But now gotcha, I'm just okay. blurring it all together. Sorry. Uh, Fielding had a Nissan 240SX S14. Yep. Tyree Woodbury, who I guess got bounced, had a Nissan 240SX S13. Yeah, yeah, and that one was really cool, too. He was the guy that, like, they he was the one who was like, oh, I'm here for my family to show. I think he was the guy that was like, I'm here to show my, like, little brothers and sisters were, like, foster kids. Remember that guy? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was a cool, that was a cool story. I'm sorry. I'm, you know, I mean, and they you, dropped, you gotta be yeah, good. Yeah, again, they sold us another dream that was, like, a guy that they just, like, caught it, yep. like, he just, like, lost. Wes says, that's it for this week. No car picture, since it sounds like you have a few in reserve. We have we two. Do. But yeah. I've been making some note of some cool ones I've seen on TV. Until next time, stay furious. Well, thank you, Wes, Thanks as for always, writing for writing in. Yep. Thank you, everybody, for writing in. That was the final email. Family at cageclub.me if you want to email us for our next episode, uh, which will be the Brick Mansions episode in one week. Awesome. I'm excited. Joe, it's time to talk about the news, the, the all the news that's fit to print on the streets. I mentioned the Keanu news quote-unquote news yeah there was one other thing what was the other thing that we posted is there anything that you have caught wind of that you know of that uh no i'm gonna talk about my news during the minute craig lieberman just released a video that was called drag race in the first fast and the furious and he talks about danger to manifold and it that article and like the video just came out like a week or two weeks ago gotcha okay okay so good timing okay yeah it was perfect timing because we're on it in the minute and I can explain all that stuff, but I'm going to save it to talk about it during the minute. So the thing that I was trying to remember is that, again, it's not really news in that, like, if this wasn't the case, it would be, like, the dumbest thing ever. They've confirmed that the mystery voice in Hobbs and Shaw will return, which, of cool. course, like, why, why would it not? 
Yeah, no shit. But that was the other big news. Like, we, I, we, we talked about it a couple episodes ago that, like, we're in sort of, like, a lull, I think, because the movie has stopped shooting, but they haven't really started pushing the promotion of it yet. Yeah. Like, we still don't have a title. Um, we still don't have a trailer. We still don't really have movie posters. So, like, that's all going to come... I think we were talking, we were guessing probably, like, ahead of Christmas for, like, a whole bunch of different reasons. Yeah. At least the start of it, you know, for May. But, yeah, I think we're in this weird kind of blackout period where no, just there's... You know what you something know, is not really a lot going cool? on. Today in my time hop, I found a picture from my camera roll from a year ago, and it was The Rock and Vanessa Kirby in the basement of Shaw's uh, thing. So we're we're gonna get the promo, like some promo pics coming out soon. I feel like based on the release date. And if I had that one from a year ago, we should be getting there that we're gonna get like one or two of these. But it was like Vanessa Kirby in The Rock is standing back to back in the lair where he says. You yeah, know, very cool. Italian job, whatever, whatever. It is now time to do uh, Rock the Vote, which is, I'm going to search on Google News for Dwayne Johnson president. No news there, but The Rock will put the belt on the winner at UFC 244. So if you oh, like The Rock, cool. uh, watch UFC 244. Yeah. Now I'm going to search The Rock president, and yeah, nothing. Uh, also, Donald Trump will be at UFC 244. So Sick. From one Republican president to another. Joe, the Fast and Furious, a minute, minute 20, a minute that you, you've said the words already, you know, just not too long ago. Go, danger to manifold. That's top tier Fast and the Furious memories for a lot of people. Not for me. I mean, I, I know it now, but like, it's not that would never be something that I'm like, oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In like all of the car groups, car meme groups, and stuff like that, a Danger to Manifold is dicks out for Harambe. Essentially, you know what I mean? Like, it's something that would never die. Now, it happens because Brian's bad at things. They harp on Danger to Manifold because, first of all, the floor pan falls off, which isn't yes. the manifold. They harp on it because, like, he's okay. I'll talk about it. So. Craig Lieberman releases video, and I'll go back and talk about that. But he says in the video he had a fight with Rob Cohen about the danger to manifold okay. thing on the computer. Because he said, like, no, that's not what's happening. He wanted him to put on the computer. He's like, look, what I wanted him to do was show, like, the boost gauge, the temperature on the boost, like, on the NOS bottle going into the red. It was too hot. And I wanted him to show the boost gauge going into the red. It was too too much boost. And so he said he wanted the, the computer to say, caution, overboost. Rob Cohen goes, no one will know what that means. So he put, danger Warning, to manifold. With three exclamation points, danger to manifold. And, and, and Craig Lieberman's like, nobody knows what the fuck that means either. Like, if you, if you weren't going to say something that would make sense to the layman, like, you know, like, gas tank almost empty or something, why would you put danger to manifold and just be wrong? When I gave you the way to do it right, 
and you yeah. just ignored me. So it's a meme because it's like, it's that, right? Danger to Manifold. In this minute, though, this is really just race stuff, right? The coolest part about it, I think, is we, we get the shot from when Brian pushes the NOS button and you follow the NOS line now through to the engine. We get the second one of these, remember? Uh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we were talking the last time that we see, you know, the shot through the engine following the gas, exhaust, whatever. This time we see Brian push the NOS button and we go into the NOS bottle and through the NOS line into the engine. Pretty cool. This is maybe my favorite minute so far just because this is the one in which Brian tells a computer to shut up. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He does talk to the computer. Shut up! And then he just closes it. Yeah, I guess that would be your reaction. The the main view of this, the point of this video, was Craig Lieberman was talking about who would have actually won this race. Which we don't know yet, because I mean, like, if we're going minute by minute, so who would have won this race? So Craig Lieberman lays it out, and he's like, look, we don't know, we can't really figure out who would win with the imaginary modifications in right. the movie, because we only see the inside of Brian's hood. And all we know is that Dom has Nos, and Brian has Nos. They all do, right? Right. But he has the bills, like the build sheets of the actual cars that were in the movie. The guy that had the RX-7 that's Dom's car, at the time, they actually did like very few engine modifications in them. It was like off-the-rack stuff. It was like like some custom stuff, for, but for the most part, like nowhere near where we're at today, right? Like they couldn't, they just didn't have all of these different options and parts. The other thing was, is he was like, look, we're imagining that this is a quarter-mile race, right? But it's, it's, it's so much longer. This might be a telling thing. I think he says it lasts almost eight minutes. I mean, we'll see. I mean, we are firmly, like, we're, we're a minute two and minutes a half in. deep in this. Yeah, right? we're two yeah. minutes in. Oh, no, no. He didn't say it was eight minutes. It lasts, like, four minutes or something, okay? But still, like, this is a race in which Dom, I think he uses Nas in this race, right? But, like, yes. he gets up to 140 already, yes. and he's not used Nas yet. And all of these cars, like, even the slowest one had, like, a 16-second quarter mile. Like, stock. Wait, so here's a, here's a dumb question. My stock, believe it or not, I, have a, I, I drive a stock car. Whoa. Uh, my stock Chevy Cruze, how fast could I do a quarter mile in? I don't know. Go look it up. They have all these, like, things online. 2019 Chevy Cruze quarter, quarter mile, mile yeah. time. They don't have 2019 Chevy Cruze. They have 2018. So let's see Same here. thing. Good. L, I have LT Auto four-door sedan. Zero to 60 in eight seconds. Okay. Quarter mile time, 16.2 at 86 miles per hour. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, you'd be like at the tail end of this. So he's like, okay. So the only thing we know is like these are their quarter mile times. He's like, but because the race lasts four minutes yep. and we see them hit 140 miles an hour, at this point... The, the only car that would actually win is the one that had the top speed. Because he's like, this is not a quarter-mile race. Based on the math, this is like an eight-mile race. And in an eight-mile race, the person who could hit the top speed and maintain the top speed the longest would win just because it's such a long race, right? The order that they would come in would be Dom's RX-7. Second car, can you take a guess? Oh, boy. Um, is this after Brian's uh, floor panel is dragging on the ground? or no? His or just manifold? Like... His danger to manifold? Um, no, he's just talking about like if they had a race with these oh, cars. I have, no, I have no idea. So Dom would win, okay. Dom would win because that car had like 300 horsepower and like a pretty high top speed. Second place would be Edwin's Brian? Integra. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Surprisingly, third place would be the Honda Civic. And Brian would come in dead last in his but car. But dude, I almost had you. You never had him. 
You never had your car. Yes, so that's what he says, because he's like, he breaks it down. The guy that had the RX-7 did some stuff to it. It had like 300 horsepower, which doesn't sound like a ton to us today, right? Like, that's not like a ton. Not especially after Vin Diesel got, what, a 1500 horsepower car for his birthday? Yeah, the what do you call like a Hellcat or something, yeah. Brian had like this, like, one Jay-Z engine, not a two Jay-Z engine, in this car. He said it was just like a super stock engine. And like, even the, like, the hero cars from the movie were just like very stock. Like, even the ones that the guys, like, brought, because they rented all these cars, you know what I mean? They, like, loaned them. And he said that, like, yeah, the guys that, like, did all the stuff to them, it was, like, mostly, like, outside modifications and stuff. Like, yeah. not a ton of, of super, like, speedy things to them. So Gotcha. And he also said you would never put NOS in Brian's car because it would just, like, grenade the engine. Those were the cool facts that I had for this minute, only because we're just going through the race, so we don't have super many facts other than that. I want to know more about Johnny Tran's crew when we get there. I want to I take notes on them, but I also yes. I just really can't wait for that party. Like, the party is going to be, like, a, a sensory overload for notes. It's going to, but remember, we have to get, yeah, we have the whole Johnny Tran scene. We also are going to have the scene where they all scatter for, like, two yep. minutes. Yep. So, we're probably, you know, eight minutes by away. the end of the lap, I think we might be toward the party. Like, we, we might be near the party by the end of the lap that makes sense yeah that's fair in another 15 or 18 or whatever episodes or whatever we're at so yeah we're, we're getting there we're getting there slowly but surely got nothing but time so yeah I, I guess the one question i have for you i think it makes sense so i found a uh, a transcript of the script online it's not exactly okay it's not like a screenplay it's just somebody typed up yeah every word is hyperlinked to, de- to a definition of that word and i'm like i don't know why this is the case it's so <laughs> weird and frustrating like copying it is like a difficult task why every don't time you just copy and crazy. paste into like text pad and then copy and paste it back no i mean like copying it from the site like i would have to copy that and save it's fine it doesn't matter okay don't worry about it when they're racing edwin says menage because i think he's saying menage like menage a trois because like he and monica and the other woman That's are exactly gonna have it. a three-way right yep but in that transcript it just says m-n-a-g-e which is not manage. a word like a manage, like a vanity plate of Minaj. But like he's he's just saying like you know like I want like we're gonna get this like, like that he's psyching himself up right he's saying yeah. Minaj right yeah of course he's like he's like here it comes like I'm gonna get some even though like I don't know what the direct translation is but like Menage a trois the trois is the three like yes. the Minaj is like way I don't know I didn't think French translate dot google.com Minaj a trois but what does menage, menage mean? It's yeah. just household. A house of three. Okay, that would make sense. House! <laughs> I'll see. <laughs> I guess. I don't know, man. Any other thoughts about the minute or anything else about, you know, whatever we've been talking about for the last hour before we take a break and bring in Kara? No, I think that's it. I, I Go watch the Craig Liverman video. It was really cool. Is that on YouTube or where is it? Is yeah, it he has a Instagram? YouTube channel. Yeah, okay. he has a YouTube channel and he, he's been posting all these videos. I'm just hoping one day we can convince him to come here oh also speaking of that we have uh we have a youtube channel ourselves. it's uh, youtube.com yeah. slash c slash too fast too forever i think i mean it's it's nothing there's nothing unique over there that isn't anywhere else but if you it's easier for you to listen to podcasts on youtube as opposed to like on your phone or whatever uh, every episode goes up at twelve fifteen eastern the morning of the the day that it comes out so like about an hour after i drop it on the podcast feed it's up on youtube so go check that out yeah we'll be back after this message we're going to talk to cara about fast and furious number four and also los bandoleros Ooh. and also play a new game past guest liam underwood uh it's sort of like a discussion starter kind of yeah uh, which i i hope you enjoy if you do or don't uh, family at cageclub.me and we'll be back uh, right after this
55, Fast and Furious. This episode is brought to you by Coach Al's Driving School. Learn the fundamentals of No, no, no. Coach Al's Driving School, LLC. Coach Al's Driving School, LLC. Building a community of safe drivers for life. Learn the fundamentals of vehicle operation and rules of the road in a safe and fun environment. Complete all your New Mexico certified classroom and behind-the-wheel instruction at Coach Al's Driving School. Before we, we say hi to Kara, I do want to say, like, you know, normally when we talk about the sponsor, you ask, did I get my blank in the mail? Did you uh, I was waiting Al's? for you because, like, Coach Al showed up to my house. He's like, you ready to drive? I'm like, no, man. Like, I have my license. <laughs> Poor Coach Al. He came all the way to New Jersey. No, I mean, I, I invited him in for a Corona, but he's just like, you ready to go? I'm like, no. Like, I, 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 no. So you we were drinking money. and driving? You're a terrible... Okay. No, I didn't. No. I, I said I didn't drive. <laughs> I invited him in for a Corona. We hung out. We watched Los Bondoleros. We watched Fast and Furious 4. <laughs> And then uh, I sent him on his way. Well, that's good. With us tonight for the third time in a row, third of nine times in a row, mm. I think it would be fun if somehow they, I mean, they're not going to move up the release of Fast and Furious 9, but all of a sudden we're just like, Carrie, here, you're here for a tenth one in a row. <laughs> she just never leaves. We just like lock her in the just basement. She never leaves. Just, yeah, it just keeps, it, it, we drag it out long enough. They, ex, they expedite the release schedule enough. <laughs> That it just, Carol, you can never escape our grasp. For the next two, like, every two weeks they put out a new Fast and Furious movie, and you're just here for all of it. I'm okay with that. Good. Mike never gets to his, to his turn as our first guest, because we're just like, no, like, we're in the lap. Like, we can't, mid-lap. We can't not be mid- in this lap. You know the rules. It's mid-lap. You know the rules, Mike. Anyway, with us today, for the third of at least, question mark, probably, nine episodes in a row. Well, not nine episodes in a row. We are off to a rollicking start. Kara Gayla Regan. Hello, Kara. Hello. Thank you for coming back. And we are here talking about not only Fast and Furious number four, so we skipped Tokyo Drift, which we will get to later, but we're also talking about Fast and Furious number four and Los Bandoleros, the 20-minute short film between three and four. So before we get into anything, I have one very important either-or question to ask you. We don't really have any really specific to this movie, but I have a very important question we have not asked you yet, okay? Okay. Is the word oil one syllable or two? Oh, interesting. I think about this a lot for some reason. Because you're friends with Jordan, and this is a big thing that Jordan and I have uh, bonded, fought, and now bonded over. Really interesting, because there's oil, you know, if you're, like, Mm -hmm. from the South. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's oil, I guess, which is maybe Northeast. If you're if you're a normal human person, I don't know. There's all sorts of ways you can pronounce words. Of course, of course. Oil is. While you think about it, here's the quick backstory. Listeners know this, but stemming from the time of playing charades, you actually might have even been there for this. Uh, charades in Larson's basement, past guest Christian Larson. We got into a big to do as I was trying to get some word that either oil or rhymed with oil or something, and I was giving the syllables while playing charades, mm. and it became this whole thing like where it kind of broke the game because we could not agree on whether it was one or two. <laughs> Controversial. So I say two. You say. Joe says one. It feels like there's a, a ground, like back then, back in like, you know, 10 years ago, it felt like there was a real groundswell where everyone said one. But now, since we started doing this, most people have said it's two. So I feel vindicated after the fact. It feels like, much like Jennifer's Body, which you Ooh. spoke with Brian briefly about, on High School Summer Party, you're not on that episode, but how back then people didn't appreciate it, but now they're like, oh yeah, we get it. I feel like I am the Jennifer's body of pronouncing the word oil. Uh, that's took me on a real journey there. It, it it tracks, it makes no sense, but it okay. tracks. So anyway, one syllable or two? I don't know. I, I guess if I just say the word oil, it comes out to, to oil. Okay. 
which is two syllables. Yeah, there we go. True. Cool. Well, thank you, Kara. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you win. You're, you're you are correct. <laughs> There's no wrong answer. We've learned it's pronounced both ways. Totally acceptable yes. both ways. Oil. 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 Oh. I'm a real oil man <laughs> from Texas. Oil. So. <laughs> Before we talk about Fast and Furious number four, which I think is going to be the bulk of this episode, let's talk about Los Bandoleros, which I hear may be your favorite Fast and Furious film. So far, I really enjoyed it. Directed it's great, by right? none other than Vin Diesel himself. Yes. Can you believe that? Yeah. We can. We definitely can. He's a storyteller. Is, it's really good. It is. That was great. Joe, did you rewatch it for this no, time or no? I did not rewatch it for this time. So I rewatched it this morning, and it kind of feels just like a hangout episode. Where it's just like, oh yeah, there's not really any stakes. Like, they kind of set up the heist at the beginning of four. But it's kind of like, oh, these are characters that I like and actors that I like. And they're just hanging out and just doing stuff. People looking good. Yeah. Just making out a little bit. And it just, it's it's, it's kind of cool. We had an interesting thought. Well, I'm sorry. I had an interesting thought when I watched Los Mandalorians. The Royal Way. Kara. And I wanted to know your thoughts on it. There's the scene when, like, Letty walks in and Dom's with the two girls. And she seems kind of like okay with this i had made a grander assumption that possibly letty and dom are in an open relationship and she's fine with it as long as she doesn't have to see it like right in front of her interesting it would appear that they have some sort of understanding you know i don't know if it's what you said or if it's just like you know obviously like when you're significant other disappears and you have no idea if they're ever coming back again yeah like, sure that's an open relationship <laughs> i guess yeah that's one way to look at it like widowed or open relationship it's the same thing i guess maybe they're just not that uptight about it yeah i see they did just like it was like the I, I vividly remember this reaction between letty being like she walks in and, and dom's like oh gotta go girls and like sends them away and then she says something like i hope i don't still taste them or something oh yeah it's just like i, I don't want to taste their saliva in your mouth yeah just gross so she like knows you know that's what i'm saying yeah she she just knows that like he's a gentleman who appreciates a nice looking lady a nice body regardless of the mate Uh, yes i actually wrote that quote down Mm -hmm. he appreciates appreciates a nice body regardless of the make but there is only one person that he truly loves which is letty like and she knows that you know what i mean so like when she walks in and sees him with a couple of skanks it's like her word, not mine. Yes. Oh, everybody who's listened to this podcast knows that's her word, not yours. Like, but, like it is. It's the kind of. It's almost the Letty word. Interesting. Yeah. At least, at least in, in reference to her relationship with Dom, it's always I smell skanks. Skanks. Yeah. So that's odd. I don't know. Okay. Because like she like acts like she's jealous sometimes. I guess. Yeah, it's very strange. But then also sometimes she's like very accepting of it. So, hey man, more power to them. I, I like the new age thought process that they got going on here. So Now, Kara, did you catch your namesake in this movie? I saw it in the credits, but I didn't know who it was. So the woman who is goes to the airport to pick up Han, and then, you know, they have a very steamy mm. kind of scene at the airport or at the, at, the, at the restaurant. I'm sorry, at the bar or the restaurant later. Yeah. Her name is Kara. Oh. Although, she's also in the opening scene of four and her name is Murtha. So she's one of three characters in this movie who just has multiple names across the different movies because I don't know why. No, no one, one knows. knows. But she's named Kara in this movie. Yeah, she contains multitudes. Of course. The twins, the one that's in prison in the beginning, they're not really twins, we call them the twins, but the one who's in the prison in the beginning and then the one just sort of walking around a bunch, they also have multiple names. I think they're both musicians 
and they both have multiple names. So it's a whole Rico mess, honestly. Like this whole beginning. Don Omar, Rico and Tego, yeah, all of it. Yeah. I really enjoyed the beginning of Los Pandaleros though, because he's like in prison and has this monologue where he's talking he's basically doing the same monologue that like Jennifer Lopez does in Hustlers, where it's like these guys are the real criminals and yet here we are like in well different circumstances <laughs> between those two monologues but he's like talking about how it's like we're in prison for all this stupid shit while the real criminals are out there running the world making yeah. billions of dollars truth and there's also some conspiracy theory in there like you know you know they have cars that don't run on gas but you have to take them away you know big business it's like ooh, who killed the electric like car oh. yeah. a whole documentary about it which might have come out like in 2009? Interesting. All right. All right. Maybe Dom was watching YouTube videos, and that's where he came up with his Los Bandoleros. <laughs> Sorry. Who Killed the Electric Car came out in 2006. Oh, so, so he definitely had seen it then, probably. Mm-hmm. Now, Kara, there's a song that, I guess, the song that he's singing in prison, which then also plays in, I think, in Los Bandoleros, and for sure plays in four, and will come back in five. It's a song called Bandoleros, but mm-hmm. do you, do you have you heard that song? Or because like it's one of the probably three or four most iconic Fast and Furious soundtrack songs. But this might have been your first exposure to it in these movies. But do you know? I don't know if you can even remember, but the, the song that he's sort of you singing sing a cappella kind of. Mm, I I don't know if I knew, if I knew the words, I would sing it in broken Spanish. But I don't um, know the I words. do remember hearing it because I was like, oh, they said the word of the movie. Yes. But it's in a couple, it's a handful of movies, and like it's kind of one of the more iconic songs, but I think it's interesting to sort of get dropped into this acapella version that, you know, Joe and I had each seen this movie a handful of times before we ever saw Los Bandoleros, and it's like a different kind of introduction yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. Did you like the song, or do you are you sort of in, you don't really, or does it not stick with you? Yeah, no, it's great. Do you ever feel like any of these songs should be used at like a Tijuana strip club? Because that's how I feel about all of these songs. <laughs> Like a strip club in Tijuana is just like a. Well, fast you know, Joe, know. that the the one song, the next movie's iconic song, I heard at a strip club, and I was like, "Oh, I'm home, baby, I'm home." Yes. But I'm saying like they all feel like the soundtrack to a, a Tijuana strip club. Well, first of all, they're in the Dominican Republic, not Mexico. Yeah, true, fair. So... I understand. Yeah. But they also go to Mexico in this movie. No, in they go four. to Panama. No, in four they go to Mexico though too. Oh. Yeah, in four they're in Mexico. Yeah. But there is Panama is in. Los Bandoleros. That's where he yes. goes after he's in yes. mm-hmm. DR. Just real quick, Joe, if we're doing a power ranking of songs and their iconic, the importance within the franchise, number one has sort of got to yep, be for sure. See You Again. Oh, no. You don't think I so? I was thinking, yeah, See You Again. Uh... That, I mean, it was an Oscar-nominated song. I feel like that's... And then two is the one at the end of five. And then three is Bandoleros? I think Bandoleros is maybe two, and you have to remember the ludicrous Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah, Too Fast. I was also thinking yeah, that, that, yeah. that has to be way up there. And then what would be, if we want to round out a top five? The last one. Oh, maybe the DJ Shadow song? Oh, the Tokyo Drift? Like... Two yeah, weeks. I don't know if I don't know if that would be up there, but or like, the Barracuda, in, in like, like do all the ones from Tokyo Drift are so good and iconic. Oh man! Yeah. So that, we have we have four. Actually, if you're if you're listening, what do you, what are your like when you think of the if we had to make a sort greatest of like last hits. lap? We had to make a greatest yeah. hits of Fast and Furious song soundtrack. Five song EP. What would you Ooh. put on there? Five song. You're limited. Either either the one song you think of or the five song EP. I okay, want to know. Cool. Yeah, I like that. Family at cageclub.me. Right in, please. Yeah. Kara, do you have any other thoughts on Bondoleros, Los Bondoleros, before we go to the, the, the main attraction, the, the entree of this episode? I, I found a, a fuel shortage subplot interesting. Same. And it leads into this movie really well, right? Like, because that's the, mm-hmm. they're trying to steal gas at the beginning. So we had, you know, watched these movies 
a few times. I'd watched these movies mm-hmm. without Joey a few times, and I'd never seen Los Bandoleros until what, like Last Lap, Joey, right? Last Lap, yeah. Yeah, and when we like saw it, we're like, oh shit! As bad as the turbocharged prelude was, it contributing nothing to the story. This actually like plays a role in like how we get to the beginning of four. Yeah, because I mean it's such like a bombastic cold open. It was like I was glad to have like some context for what they were doing and why. Yeah, imagine like watching this movie like twenty times and not ever <laughs> just being like thrown <laughs> into the gas. They're like gasoline is gold here, and like I was like okay, cool, I can I can take that, but doesn't make that much sense yeah i almost ran out of gas the other day you guys actually oh, i did tell run me. out of gas tell me what happened oh my goodness oh well How did you run what out happened of gas? is that i'm an idiot <laughs> okay that uh, fair. just i i've always been bad at like remembering to get gas uh and now that i drive a hybrid it's like even worse because you like it's don't even, even worse yeah on Thursday, I had a lot on my mind. I had like all these errands I needed to run. So I leave work, I jump in the car, I get on the highway, cruising along, and I glance down and I'm like, oh fuck. Two miles I, till empty. Uh, I think it was like eight miles till empty. So, but like for me to like get off the highway and like, you know, get to the gas station, I was like, oh my God, I don't know. Thankfully, I was able to like put my car in electric vehicle mode, <laughs> which oh, got cool. me That's there. That's an interesting option. Like, but I got down to like zero miles per gallon left. Ooh. It was terrifying. God, well, I'm glad you're okay. Joe's got a really cheap gas station by him. Shout out BJ's. Shout out BJ's. Yeah. Not sponsors. They're not sponsors. Not a sponsor. Definitely but not shout sponsors, out BJ's. But shout out BJ's. If I don't need gas when I leave here, I get gas when I get yeah. up there. And I got there and I had on my, like, instead of having, like, the miles left, it just says, like, basically, it just says, get gas. Like, it, like you're, 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 you're tempting fate right now. We went to uh, Joe's co-worker's goodbye party, like a farewell, like this barbecue in the park, very family oriented. Yes. I was like, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll drive separate. I don't remember because I was like, I need to get, oh, because we couldn't all fit in your car. Yeah, we had all we had, like, extra shit and four stuff. Four people, yes. we had five people, coolers, shit. like, yeah. A whole bunch of stuff. Yep. I was like, oh, I'll drive separately. 35-minute drive later, like, the, my car is like, yelling at me. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I could get stranded in the middle of nowhere. No, luckily, I mean, that has to be the closest I've ever been. Like, I don't have a number left, but it had to be, like, I feel like it was under 10, because it was, it was like, get gas for, like, a while. <laughs> and I was, uh... I was worried. I wish you'd, I wish you'd have watched Seinfeld because there's the whole episode where Kramer <laughs> is just driving this car like on fumes from yeah. the dealership, and and like the whole he's like, no man, we can't stop now. Like, like when it hits F, that's just a warning. Like, like it, you can go lower, and then like the guy like breaks, and he's like, we can keep driving it. Like it's okay. Let's keep pushing. How much further can we go? But yeah, so Kara, I've been there. It's it's terrifying because you're like, I don't know. Like you just have to, I guess, like try, hopefully, safely pull over, right? Like it just, yeah. I, what do you I do? had dies. no idea what I was gonna do other than the electric vehicle mode is cool though. I didn't even know that that's an option. Thank you for enlightening. I me. honestly didn't know it was an option either <laughs> until like I like had a flashback to the dealer when I got the car, and they were like, "And this is a button to put in an electric vehicle mode." That's awesome. Uh. Don't recommend it, though. No, definitely, definitely <laughs> don't try that at home, kids. Well, I'm glad you uh, you made it here in time for this episode. Mm. So yeah, Los Bandoleros. I think I said, and I think you commented on Letterbox that it's my favorite Letty, and you said maybe it's because of the bangs. I think it is because even in number four, her bangs are are like at least 
half an inch, maybe a full inch longer than they were in Los Bandoleros. Yeah, she definitely got the bangs cranking now at this point. So how about number four? So this is, I mean, people who are listening, we've talked about this in the opening segment, of course, but we skipped three because we're trying to do this chronologically. Three, like Tokyo Drift is before this, but it takes place chronologically (laughs) later. So we're skipping that for now. We'll get back to that in a couple of movies. But this is the fourth movie. This is kind of a reboot. Like we're, we're sort of preaching this as a reboot. This is the first of the four, so far to date, Justin Lin-directed movies. Mm-hmm. Carol, what did you think of Fast and Furious number four? Did you did you like this more? Because I think, so far, through two movies, power rankings, first one first, second one second. Mm-hmm. Where would you say this slots? Was it, Did you like this more than the first? Did you like it less than two? Like, where does this sort of rank among your favorites? I liked it less than the first, but more than number two. Okay. Okay. It's just 2009 was such a dark time, and that's very reflected in the movie itself. It's In what sense? You know, oh, in so many senses. It's just like this gritty reboot of the first movie. And like we talked about when we were talking about with the first movie that it was so like fun pre 911 yes. frivolous and fun and just light and no real shades of like true corruption and law enforcement you know just all just very nice this one's the exact opposite of that i mean for god's sake brian frames somebody <laughs> calls the drugs. fbi to raid their house and then he plants meth there a big bag of meth and then they joke about it yeah and says it won't stick anyways it's not supposed to so here's actually that's a that's a beautiful transition Kara. unknowing transition past guest liam underwood our friend from the nerd on former podcast i guess nerd on nerd also now of criterion crack uh he and ellie were on talking about this very movie a couple laps ago i think liam had an idea for a segment that we should have been playing all lap long but i'm glad that i remembered it sooner rather than later Carol, we're going to play a game called That's So Brian. Uh, Your your favorite character, Brian O'Connor. Let's all go around, and we can either pick one or we can name multiple. I I sort of, I made a list of here. What is the most Brian moment in the movie? Oh my god, there's so many of them. What defines him as a character? It doesn't necessarily have to be something he does. Like, if someone else does something weird and stupid and selfish, like, that could be a Brian moment as well. (laughs) What about this movie? Like, if you're like, what is the most Brian moment of Fast and Furious number four. If there's one that like stands out in your mind like as the number one example of the most Brian moment, if you just have like a, I, a nominee, like just shout him out. What What is the most Brian moment? That's exactly the moment that I just mentioned. Yeah. That's a good framing one. somebody with a giant bag of meth. I like the douchey car Brian moment in this one where she's like, which one of those do you want? And he's like, all of them. Oh, yeah. All of them. Yeah. And I'm like, of course you do, Brian. Like that's... Obviously, Brian O'Connor using his policemanship to do something above the law for his own benefit. There's a lot of uh, evidence to support my hypothesis that he is a total psychopath, at least in this movie. Of course. Which ones are you talking about? Give me some specific examples. Oh, well, the framing with the giant bag of meth. That's true. Just yeah. because he doesn't like the guy. Because, like, that guy, like, doesn't actually, like, do anything Bad. to threaten he, him or harm him or anything. Dwight. Yeah. yeah, he's just, like, a dick. Dwight likes feet. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, he says something, like... He's starting to think that, like, nothing matters if you don't have a code. And then he's like, but I don't know what mine is. He just has no morals, no idea of what's right and wrong, no up, no down, just... 
you know. I think the most Brian move moment in two, and I was thinking back on this and Joey brought it up, the Gall- Gallows Pizza engine conversation, right? Like, that has to be like, mm-hmm. what, would be, what would be best in my car, Gallo 12 or Gallo 24? And the guy's like, uh, and he's like, I didn't know pizza shops make engines. Like, douchebag, you just learned about cars last movie. It was like, a, it was like <laughs> minutes ago that we learned that you like figured out how to drive. Like, you pulled up to the line crooked in the first one. So like, come on, man. Like, you're not and in this one, like they are pulling all of that intel on various people at the same David Park. Yes, name? I think that's the name, right? And like <laughs> she's like narrowed it down to like a handful of them, and he's like looking through, and he looks through the cars, and he's like, "Oh no, it's this guy." And she's like, "Why?" He's like, "Cause I drive that car." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you're a criminal. It's just all pointing to the fact that he's a criminal the whole time. I love making fun of that speech, Kara, and Joe knows this, because it's just like, because she's giving all these things, but it's like... It's like Honda... Mini Cooper, minivan, all these shitty cars, this very specific model with this very specific engine. It's like, of course, like, even just like looking at the list, you know exactly what it is. (laughs) Like, it's very clear. Like, it doesn't have to be like a racer's (laughs) mind to know what the one... like. Which of these things is not like the others? Jesus. Yeah, those could have been like cookies, you know? And you're like, yeah. you're like, oh, this one's very different than the other ones. Okay. Exactly. Oh, I wrote down another thing. At one point, he like takes his car kind of off road and he just says, sorry, car. And, does it. <laughs> he and it was it kind down, of like yeah. right after he had been at lunch with Mia and was like, I lied to you. I lied to everyone. And I, I don't know if he like actually apologized or not, or just was like, yeah, I'm a liar. But I wrote down, oh, is his thing that he apologizes now? Oh, yeah. He just apologizes to cars and to and kind of to Mia. Well, so what do you, so before I get into my Brian moments, Carol, what do you think of the relationship between Brian and Mia? Because it was sort of strained in the first one at the end when she realizes that she's been lied to the entire time, right? And then here... But he did love her, right? Like, he definitely, he love he definitely and, loves and, her, even in one. Yes. We know he does. And he was trying to do things in the best interest of both her and her and her brother and her family. Because he secretly he let him Dawn, go for sure. Yes. But what what's your take, what's your read on the Brian-Mia relationship? So how long after the first movie does this take place? We so don't that's know. the very interesting question. <laughs> Okay. Because to me, this kind of felt like a period piece of, like, 2007. Like, even though it came out in 2009, it's, like, it's set in 2007. There's a very muddied timeline, but in this movie, when we see Letty's gravestone, there's a date, like, the year that she dies, right? So we know what year this takes place in. Which is what? I, I don't remember. I mean, it came out in 2009. I, I think it's supposed to tap. Like, so, okay. First movie came out in 2001. Mm-hmm. It's essentially been retconned that that instead happened closer to like 04. Interesting. Okay. Too Fast came out in 03. That's closer to like 06, I think. Tokyo Drift, which came out in 05, 06, is like actually 2013, <laughs> which I know that Jordan is like, I, her brain is already breaking on what you're going to think of the fashion there, because it's supposed to be like way future, but it's not, we're going to get to that when we get to that. But this one, 2009, is either in the current year or maybe a little before, but it's not supposed to be like wildly earlier. Like, I think it's ballpark 2008, 2009-ish. Okay. Because to me, I was seeing a lot of 2007, 2008. I was like, is this set then? Or maybe there was some sort of delay in production. So they they did all the costumes and all the writing and everything for 2007. And then didn't get made into 2009 or 2008. That's a very good possibility. Very big possibility. Because let me tell you, there's a lot of Ed Hardy in this movie. There is. Ed Hardy was big. 
like Von Dutch mm-hmm. in the first one. There's some performative lesbianism in this movie. What's which that? I was there's just a scene where like two women are just randomly making out while like a third one is like, Yes, kiss. <laughs> Well, that's a recurring thing. It just, like, happens in the foreground while, like, something else is happening in the background. Yes, that's a, that's a, um, that's a through line for the films, starting with the first oh, great. one. Yeah, Love there's it. always, okay. like, two chicks making out in the movies <laughs> okay. at some point. Like, you right. have to, like, be on the lookout. Because I was like, wait, when did I Kissed a Girl come out? And it was, like, 2008, so very no, but they, they gave us times. They gave us two girls making out in the first one, in the background. Okay. Yeah. So, it's, never mind. It's a through That's line at this point. a sign of the times. It's more of a, a through line. Yeah. But in, like, the next shot, there were two fedoras. Oh, God. Oh, God. Mm. Yeah, no, I wrote down t- two fedoras in the sh- same shot. Oh, it's a whole list of things. Okay, never mind. Boots with the fur. There's a woman who wears boots with fur on them. Ooh. Or actually, it was sheepskin and not fur. But do you was remember that song? That jeans? was 2008. Yeah. Two fedoras in the same shot. Performative lesbianism! Exclamation point. <laughs> and then I just wrote down, is this set in 2007? <laughs> All the context clues say yes. But okay. I don't know if you answered. So what do, what do you think of the da, uh, the Brian and Mia relationship? And does that oh. factor into like when it takes place? Because this is supposed to be, I think, a handful of years. Like he has gone to Miami, spent some time in Miami, yes. come back, rejoin the FBI, which is one of my nominations for most Brian moment. Like <laughs> in this world of chaos, all he knows how to do is be a bad cop. <laughs> so he's going to join the FBI. But so this there's there's been time. There's been downtime between the time that they've seen each other, like mm-hmm. whether it's three or four or five years. Like there's been time that has elapsed. But what do you think? Do you think that the way that they get back together in this movie feels authentic? Not does it feel all. rushed? Does she fig- does she forgive him too easily, or does she know that it, he always sort of had their best interest in heart? Yeah, I feel like we don't really get a moment where she's like, "It's okay, I forgive you, I feel good about this," because then all of a sudden they're like sitting at Dom's trial and he has his arm around her. You don't really get any sort of like rec- real reconciliation between the two of them. I think the like dinner scene is like is what that's supposed to be. Not the diner scene, the mm-hmm. dinner scene. Like, when finally, like, Dom and Mia and him are eating that dinner and there's, like, Coronas. They're, like, everything's okay. We, like, patched it back up. Not that it really gives us that, but it's just, like, the feeling in that scene that you're like, okay, we're all back together. Like, that's it. Like, they don't explain it, but you just know that that's what happened. I No thanks. Four was one that I was most scared to rewatch because yep. I didn't think that I would enjoy it that much. Upon rewatching it, there's a lot of pieces that Four puts into place that I like. Four has climbed up my favorite list of, like, climbed up the list of my favorite Fast and the Furiouses. It's like one of those that like needs to like percolate, and like you you kind of need the context for it mm-hmm. on its own. Like, if you came in and this is your first watch, Four right now might not feel so good. When you look back on it, you're gonna be like, "Oh, there's a lot of cool shit in four. Yeah, I mean, I think it's great on its own, but oh, really? Having seen the first one, I'm like, "Oh, but remember when things were fun?" Okay, so you you're know, still like just, the this tone. one is just so so much darker. Yeah, it's the tone that's getting you. Okay, so Joe recently ranked his movies in terms of fun, and I feel like in terms of just like no stakes, just like having a good time, they get better. We're not really returning back there. No, there's stakes, but they get more fun. They get they get more the darkest, like, right? More over the top. This is a dark. This is a for sure a dark movie, especially because I mean the movie is about Letty dying. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, oh, what the fuck? Yeah, we'll, how we'll dare they? That. <laughs> Five and six are fun because they are over the top, and they're just like, oh, these are like real like balls-to-the-wall action movies. Seven is heavy because that's the one where Paul Walker died in real life, so there's just, like, there's an added emotion there. 
Eight is not Weird. great. I'm just yeah. going to say three is fun. Three is fun. Three is closer, I think, to the One. first two. Yep. We'll get to three. And then Hobbs and Shaw is fun because it's just, it's Zany. supposed to be. Like, it's a different kind of tone. Yeah. It's not, it's never this serious again, but it's also really never as carefree mm. as the first two movies. That's too bad. They're fun in different ways. It, like, the t- like there's stakes and stuff. It's just, it's not as carefree. Carefree is the perfect yeah. word to describe it. But that doesn't mean that they're not fun. Okay, so here is, here's an answer to the timeline question. Okay. okay. So in this movie, Letty's Grave says 2009. So this movie takes place in 2009. Okay. Also in this movie, Brian says it's been five years since he met Brian or since he met Mia and Dom. So the first movie then takes place in 2004. Makes sense. Based on other things, Fast Five takes place the same year it comes out, 2011. Fast and Furious Six comes takes place the same year it comes out, 2013. Furious Seven, 2015. Tokyo Drift is 2013, 2014. So it's between six and seven, which is why we're watching that between six and seven. Like it's essentially kind of, like, immediately after 6. Yeah, it, like, continues on, or, like, immediately after 6. No, actually, no, not immediately after 6. It's actually immediately before 7, which is yes, weird. Yes, that's right. Like, there's time, and we'll get to that. Don't worry about that yet. But this is... So the only thing that really kind of retconned was that the first one now takes place in 2004, which then moves to somewhere between 2004 and 2009. Two, like we were saying last episode, kind of has no bearing on, like, anything else. Without spoiling anything, like, you know, Roman comes back next movie, and they kind of sort of retcon and rework how he and Brian met. They kind of shift that story, that backstory, a little bit. Yeah, this movie kind of corrects the path, and this is now, everything's going to take place in the year that it actually comes out. So I don't know if that helps or not, but it's maybe, it maybe helps. So here's some other, my my pick for most Brian moments. When he goes to the police station... And he sees Mia, and he's like, oh, shit. And then he's like, oh, yeah, we're, we're getting a transfer. It's like, you, you just, like, you know, pulling rank to, like, move her around. <laughs> him beating up, him punching Stasiak and, like, slamming his face into the wall. That's pretty Brian, not being a great cop there. But Brian's also not, like, a, I don't know. They, they like, want to make Brian, like, a fighter. But, like, I can't buy into that. True. He's, like, too pretty. He's, like, face isn't scrambled enough to be, like, a scrapper guy, you know? He's a juicy boy. He's a juicy boy, for sure. When they race in this movie, when they're racing to join Braga's team, he says to Dom, too early, Dom, it's like, you're still a buster. Like, you're still, like, that's... Yo, what's a buster? A scrub. Well, so, yeah, while I was watching this, I asked my boyfriend, and he was like, I think it's from that... Destiny's Child song, and I was like, no, no, you're thinking of TLC's No Scrubs, but I still don't know what it means. <laughs> so in the first movie, he calls, they call him a buster, and it's just like a guy who, like, he, he can't lame. Like, you're he just, just lame. He busts, he busts early, essentially. Interesting. Okay. Like, especially in the first race, he, or the first movie in the first race, the first real race, he hits the Nas too soon, and he essentially, like, proverbially shoots his load I didn't think it's that early. literal. I thought it was just, like, Buster's, like, always been a nerd. It's always been, right, like, but I also think for just... within within the context of this, I think it's also, you know, you're not, you know, sexually proficient in terms of driving a car. <laughs> Maybe. Right? I didn't look that deep into it, because I, like, we've known Buster as, like, a, a dweeb, right? Yes. Like, that's what, he's just using it interchangeably. Like, I but also, that, that is, that kind of is Brian's go-to nickname, kind of? Like, in Chewie's Bullet, barely. But Buster is kind of what Dom and the, and the Toretto family and the entire family when that they we clown follow, him, like his real friends, kind of call. Him. Yeah, and that's why in this movie they say, "Oh, Buster became a gearhead." Like he sort of, he's still a Buster at heart, but he uh, he knows a little bit more about cars. Gotcha. That was actually a funny scene that you brought that up because, like, as I said, I've been in the the Facebook group that's in this that a car group where everybody acts like boomers, and mm-hmm. they're constantly <laughs> apparently boomers are really excited about carburetors. What's a boomer? <laughs> 
people baby boomers. Yeah, baby boomers. Oh, okay. They they get really excited about the mechanical version of electronic fuel injection, right? Car, like a mechanical car part that we have now used technology to advance. And they get really excited about it. And Brian is commenting on that. And it's funny because, like, I see all these memes about, like, carburetors are great. Dom put fuel injection in his car. And that's what he's all excited about. It's, like, a contentious point between the older generation and the new. It's a contentious point between, like, the muscle car heads and the tuner guys, right? Like, so it was yeah. funny to finally see this in the movie. Every universe has, its, has like, some variation on that analog versus digital device. Exactly. Exactly what it was. So, yeah, I was just laughing about that. And that's something that we actually talked about in last week's episode of Hyperdrive, the competition reality show that uh, is on Netflix that Charlie Starin produced. They have these older dudes, like these kind of, like, once-great drifters or once-great racers or stunt drivers or whatever, wildly outclassed by the young kids because they're just, like, younger and more agile and just using the latest technology. And it feels like a lot of these old guys, even in, real life, like, even in that show, are just like, no, I'm, I'm just going to stick to the way things were. And it's like, well, things, they're just not going to win. Yeah, exactly. Things have come Like, I respect way. it, but also, you know that you're wrong. Know that you're not going to win. Yeah, they're like, I could just do it by feel. You're like, no. So in that race, when he says, too soon, Dom, it's like, you think you're going to outclass Dom here, and then he gets tapped by Dom, and he loses the race again. Just, you know, Buster's still a Buster, always a Buster, whatever he says, right? Yeah. The only other thing I had was when he, you know, when they bust Dwight, a.k.a. Joe Dirt, <laughs> uh, for for the, to get to get him the on meth. the team. It's just, yeah. yeah, again, it's just like, come on, man. Super lame. I agree. Carol, what did you think of Gal Gadot in this movie, Wonder Woman? Oh, she's so tall, isn't she? Is she? She seems tall. I don't I know. Dom I is guess because she's five ten. That's tall. She's only five ten. She tall. seems so tall in this movie. Vin and is six. I think six. it's because I have the only other thing that I've seen her in is Wonder Woman, where she's like a lot more muscular. So I guess maybe without the muscles, I was like lanky, Are you a mile long. Yeah, she seems very lanky. I agree with that for sure. So yeah. Paul Walker was six two. Vin Diesel is six foot. I think she's also wearing heels. Like, I'm watching the movie oh, she's again. she's definitely they're, wearing heels. You're right. And they're really? at the golf, the driving range, and she's taller than Dom, but I also think she's in, like, probably three or four-inch boots because yeah, she's sure. about Brian's height, and he's 6'2". So I think, you know, wearing four-inch heels here, you know, she's she's propping herself up to 6'2", and she is just, uh, I mean, she's just the best. She's the best. <laughs> I was really appreciating her cropped motorcycle jacket until I saw her from the back and saw that it was, like, printed with Ed Hardy, and I was like, no! <laughs> Kara, I have a question for you. What is Gal Gadot? character's name in this movie oh who knows spoiler no not named oh okay they just well, give her no go. name at all her name is giselle giselle yashar she may or may not be named in five we're not sure she's definitely named in six that's when she officially has a name we're not sure we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to watch next movie very closely to find out if she's actually named next up next movie or not interesting anytime you have a character on screen for that long and you don't even like hey steve you know like ever is like really bad to me i'm just well like... unless they're a woman in which case it's customary for them not to have a name <laughs> But also, I feel like this is a movie, not not trying to downplay that, because that is very true, but this is also a movie that is... Like, it doesn't matter what anyone's name it's is. True. Who cares? It's centric. Exactly. And also, like, the, the name, like, the, the deception of the names. Did you realize that Compost was Braga, or were you surprised by that Ooh, reveal? Good point. Mm, I wasn't surprised by it, but I, I hadn't worked it out, but at the same time, I was like, yeah, that tracks. 
Yeah, I mean, like, it's a very, I think, common movie trope, but it's also, it's not poorly done. Like, I think it's just like, oh. Mm-hmm. It's done better than I would expect from The Fast yeah. and the Furious at this point. That's what, that's what always surprises seems, me. I mean, just from a logistical standpoint, like, mm-hmm. if you're running, like, a criminal enterprise and you're still doing all of that, like, recruiting drivers <laughs> and, like, it seems like he might have more important things to do than, like, be... Well, maybe he likes doing Time it. management. Yeah, I guess so. He's, like, a hands-on kind of guy. <laughs> Micromanager. He's a micro. Never a good idea. <laughs> yeah, he likes he likes to be involved in the day to day. You know, like when you hear like yeah. these CEOs, like I like to be involved in the day to day, and you're like, no, you don't. Like what I love about that is that like you know Giselle and everybody is just like we know who this really is, and like you can probably think like, oh, he's getting off on like lying to these people. So it's not only that he's <laughs> micromanaging; he's just like, oh, he's doing this whole thing again where he's compost. Yes, sir, Mr. Compost. You're <laughs> definitely not Braga. And if you watch the movie again and you know that he's Braga, then watching him talk about himself in the third person the whole movie is so <laughs> weird. He's like, would you Braga die for Braga? Braga doesn't do Me deals. Me especially. Yes, I would. Like, yeah, of course you would. Like, yeah, you're, you're him. Would you die for yourself? I guess. Maybe. Braga doesn't do deals. And you're like, you are Braga. Just say, like... Oh, yeah. He's the one who's talking about how ever, all of those people would die for Braga. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? A pyramid scheme? <laughs> <laughs> it's on becoming Herbal a life. god in Central Florida. Yeah. Seriously. Jesus. Now, Carol, what did you think of the directorial stocks? I know that you sort of didn't like the way that two was shot. I mean, it's John Singleton, but you, you sort of was a little too motion-y, too all mm-hmm. over the place a little Ooh, bit, especially yeah, for I forgot about your, your photo sensitivities and stuff. Was this smoother? Because this was is smoother. kind of this is kind of the the style that they're gonna both the, the Justin Lin movies three through six, and he's also coming back for nine, but also seven and eight. Like they're a little bit different because they're a little bit they're different directors. But this is kind of the visual template that they're gonna really kind of ride out for the rest of the franchise. Yeah, it was easier on my brain in two, like, it wasn't just that the camera was constantly moving, it was that it was, like, moving at weird angles and, mm-hmm. like, jerky. you know, yeah. jerky and stuff like that, and with this, like, the camera movement was a lot smoother, like, there weren't as many, as many weird angles, and it also would, like, even if it was, like, still moving, it would at least, like, float instead of, like, having actual movement where it was just kind of like constantly scrambling my brain and the second one this time was just a little easier to watch. Because there's still a ton of like quick cuts and like jerky Mm -hmm. motion, but at least it's more, maybe it's just more in line with like the way that you shoot action movies now, as opposed to just being like weird and just kind of playing by its own rules. Well, yeah, but I, I have a hard time watching a lot of action movies now just because the cuts are so fast. Like mm-hmm. just, I can agree with you. I'm not a big yeah, action movie fan. And this fan. didn't really have that problem. But like a lot of uh, the contemporary action movies are just like cuts like that that I'm like I my brain can't process anything that's happening right I now. I agree. So everybody says that like I have drug-induced ADD. And everybody says, like, oh, you should love action movies. They're, like, constant movement. And I'm like, no, I just, like, blank. Like, it just, like, resets my brain, and I just can't watch them. Like, I'll watch it, and I'll be like, I have no idea what happened in that movie. Like, it's just all too fast for me, and I I can't follow it. Is it also too furious? No. Not action movies that aren't these ones. They're only too fast. I think that there's, and this is not necessarily this franchise, but I I think especially when action movies or fighting movies have, like, they, they showcase the actor's abilities and whether they're hidden by secret cuts or not but like i'm thinking you know specifically of atomic blonde directed by david leach who did hobbs and shaw like a nine minute take of charlie theron just fighting guys in the stairs and stuff like that like when the camera doesn't hide behind cuts 
and lets the actors do their thing, it makes it even cooler, right? Like, it's even mm-hmm. more impressive. You can't really do that necessarily with a race, because I feel like that would be boring as shit to watch a race without having a cut. I think that there is something definitely to be said about longer takes, fewer cuts, more sort of cohesive, more understandable action that works on a few different levels, both in terms of comprehension, but also just enjoyment and kind of awe. The action sequences in this are so good. Oh, really? You like, like this? They're only going to get better. My, my heart was literally like pumping faster while I was watching them. What, during the race with the GPS? The GPS, also like the, the heist at the beginning of the movie. Oh, like, okay. Whew, the, that tense. Yeah, they just get better and better. Like, th- nice. this is like low, t- like... I like these ones, but these are low tier. I, I'm not. I'm not uncomfortable saying that, knowing that I'm hyping it for you. The next two movies, Kara, again, without trying to ruin it or hype you too ruin much, ruin your expectations, are two of the like best car action movies of all time, and probably the two of the best action movies of the last like decade. Like they are both incredible. Yeah, nice. Five and six, six especially. Like Jordan, like I think six is Jordan's favorite. Like they are both. They're insane. Like they're both. They're grounded in some sort of reality and also wildly over the top. And it kind of blends everything good and adds in more, and it's just, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah, they really start to hit a stride after this one. I have a cool Easter egg that I learned this time watching. Oh, yes, go for it. As they're doing the race with the GPS that we were just talking about, there's a point where somebody drives by, and he says, Oh, a ghetto smurf. Do you know what that's from? No. Well, my friend, if anyone should know, it is you, because that is a, a, a nod, a tip of the hat, gone in 60 seconds. I want to clarify here that I know that I have a Nicolas Cage podcast, but of the two of us, the one who loves Gone in 60 Seconds way more is you by like a country mile. True. Very true. Or a quarter mile, whatever you want to I say. I think um, Bernie Mac, right? Chai McBride. Sorry, I thought it was Bernie Mac for a minute. I don't know why. The one guy walks up to him and he's like, you look like a ghetto smurf. And then they say ghetto smurf in this movie. And as much as we always talk about, Gal says via con Dios twice in this movie which is like yep. a nod to Point Break, we also oh. get this. So they're referencing Point Break and Gone in 60 Seconds in this movie. And I was like, oh, that's very cool. And I actually caught it, and when I like searched Ghetto Smurf to try to figure out like why I knew this, because I thought it was Gone in 60 Seconds, but I didn't. Like I knew I heard it, and it could have been Italian Job. It could have been Gone in 60 Seconds. I looked, and there was like in the Gone in 60 Seconds Wikipedia trivia, it's like, somebody uses this in Fast and the Furious too. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Huh. Yeah. All right. A little slight nod. So I think Justin Lin is like a big fan of like all of these action car movies, obviously. And he like puts in these little Easter eggs for us all over the place. I, when she said Via Candios, I was like, is she not supposed to be Israeli? Like, I, <laughs> I didn't like her accent seemed the same, but then she said Via Candios, and I was like, I don't, is she supposed to be speaking Spanish? What's happening? Well, she is, but we learned, you're going to learn she is Israeli. She is okay. playing, she is she true is to Israeli, her, her yeah. nationality. But she's just point breaking it twice. How they left this in the movie twice, not just once, I don't know, but they do. That's just how good Point Break is. Yep, Yeah. very true. Carol, were there any other characters or moments or scenes or anything about this movie that you really loved or really didn't love? Anything that you're sort of hoping for more of in the next few movies or the, the movie that we skipped or you know anything else you want to talk about with uh, Fast and Furious number four? Uh, there's a great doing stuff to Cars montage in this. Oh, yeah. Brian yeah, yeah, working yeah. on Cars Alone. That part? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great one. I enjoyed one. that. I feel like there was not enough doing stuff to cars. Wrenching. The other t- Literal two- wrenching. Yeah. 
yeah. wrenching and putting oil in things and draining it from things. I think that this is probably the last movie that will have mm-hmm. any doing stuff to cars in it. I feel like that's a real missed opportunity. I, I love a, We agree. I, love I'm a with montage. you. You're at the end of the line for that. I'm sorry to burst your bubble. Well, there is a real divide among... I think fans generally like all the movies, but there's a real divide between sort of the first kind of three and a half movies. Yes. And then the rest of them, because they go from being car movies to being action movies sort mm-hmm. of featuring cars. You, A lot of people, I think, who came, who liked these movies from the beginning can't help but feel a little bit betrayed on where they went. Gotcha. And it's not that, that's, that they're right or they're wrong, but it definitely does change from being a movie about car culture to a movie, like an action movie that has cars at the center of every stunt. Then even as they go on, like it's not all, even necessarily always cars. Like they get into other vehicles and stuff. It's a split, it's a divide, but we are definitely on the tail end of where cars matter. I mean, we're going to have Tokyo Drift, which is again, very car heavy just because it came before this. We're not really, like there's not going to be a lot of like wrench to engine. There's going to be some moments, but like we, the, most of that is yes, past you know, in our rear view. Oh, you're so good at this. Thank you. Sorry, you just wowed me. Sorry. I'm a wordsmith. I know, you got me with that one. That was really good. I'm I'm just taken aback. I want to breathe on that one for a second. There's so many things that I want to ask questions about that are going to spoil spoil anything. Yeah. Like, Letty is definitely in, like, witness protection, right? Like, she's not actually dead. can't answer that. But she's dead in this movie which i was very upset about because like in that (laughs) first scene like she's like part of the action she's like the absolute of that scene like she is doing the thing and i was like oh fuck yeah this is gonna be like a real letty heavy movie and then she fucking dies (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i was so mad she definitely does appreciate dom's vigilante justice and getting revenge for her yeah, yeah I, I don't usually, but watching Los Bandoleros beforehand actually really helped because, okay. like, I got I got a good dose of Letty, and mm-hmm. I also got a good dose of like the two of them without all of the distraction of everyone else around. Yeah. You know, it's just like lovers in paradise. We had like a nice thing, and and it just made me like the two of them so much more. Good, that's awesome. I never had that experience to watch it yeah. in that order. So it's really cool that you were like now more invested. I'm definitely more invested, at least in the two of them. Everyone else. Can, well, Letty's know. dead. The one thing that we noticed last lap when we watched Los Bandoleros is that I think we both liked four more than ever before. The mm-hmm. dynamics, like it, it, it's kind of crazy to think that like a 17 or 18 minute thing without credits. And it's totally radically changed. Like we talk yeah. about tone a lot. Like it feels way, di- it, it's like, kind of grittier it feels more like a day in the life of kind of movie Mm -hmm. you know so it doesn't fit the the tone of this film but if you watch them back to back it definitely makes four a lot better so i'm glad that we're at least able to help you in the right way kind of give you the, the 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 stepping stones the footprints the blueprints to get you to the maximum enjoyment of this movie. So, so far you would say in, in terms of your order, it goes one, four, two? Yeah, Los Bandoleros, one, four, two. Sure. Ooh, okay. I do wonder where that's going to wind up, because when we ask people for rankings, we don't have those in there, because I'm pretty sure everybody would have Turbocharged Prelude last. Yeah. And I think Los Bandoleros would probably be, I mean, it'd be interesting. I think it would probably be generally in like the six to seven-ish range, I think, because it's good. It's just, you know, not meaty enough, I don't think, to be really higher than that. Yeah. Well, I just, I love short films. I Mm. just think that most movies should be a short film. (laughs) 
fair. Every single movie that I watch, there's like at least one scene where I'm like, this could have just been like a 15 minute short and it would have been so compelling and good. And yet you made me watch this whole two and a half hour movie. Well, like we've said before, but aside from Tokyo Drift, which you're going to get to, no other movie in this franchise is under two hours and 10 minutes. This is the last of the short ones. Yeah. So literally buckle up because good and bad, the there's rest of the movies scenes. are long. There's some scenes in them. For sure. <laughs> there are more scenes. There's more movie than ever before. Yeah. Oh, great. They're going to get bigger and more furious really quick. Actually, I think that, like, five and six handle it well. They, like, use the time wisely. Seven, they start getting questionable. Seven is a very wild movie, and we're going to have to talk to you, because Seven and I, Joe and I talk about a lot about Seven, about how we had one guest, our last lap, kind of broke our brain about Seven, and we okay. now, like, Seven is still, like, a very well-made it's exciting it's movie. Yeah, it's very good. But I think Joe and I now think about it differently, and we kind of feel weird about it a little bit. Not weird in a bad way, but just weird in like a, oh, this is not how we saw this trajectory of yeah, this podcast she, going. She totally changed our perception on it. Yeah, it was yeah. very weird. Any other thoughts about Fast and Furious number four before we play a couple games? Uh, direct quote, I'm one of those boys who appreciates a fine body regardless of the make. That definitely goes in the Dom is at least bisexual column. Ooh. I think so. Oh, you know. I never looked I at mean, it like that. I mean, if we're going to be gathering evidence for the love affair between <gasps> him and Brian, I think that one definitely goes in that column. He's off a pan, right? Mm, yeah, Perhaps. that's very... Oh, fuck. I never even thought about that. Wow. That's that's an interesting take. I, I was just going to say, I like the montages in this the best. That's what I was tweeting about on the Too Fast, Too Forever Twitter. The montage was the monologue. The monologue, sorry. That's what I meant. Every time that I watch this movie, I'm like, damn, this might have the best monologues of any film in the Fast and Furious franchise. The, like, the talking scenes where you just get, like, those, like, the dialogue is so good in this one. And and I think that they're more invested in it because they had just come back and they, like, thought this was going to die. So they, like, come back and they're like, okay, we're going to fucking deliver these. You know, you get, like, the Dom one, you get the Brian and Mia diner scene. They're just better than the other ones for a really long time Kara, i had one section on my dating app where it's like my ideal partner is and it was the 80 percent angel 20 percent devil uh <laughs> like that whole quote one i remember and i, I sent the screenshot to joe like one woman got it ever and i was like oh my god like you are you're, you're per- like you are the one and she's like I'm, I'm moving out of new jersey i was like god <laughs> damn it yeah but uh she was driving yeah. to mexico that day it is kind of poetic just to be poetic and just give these characters like depth or whatever but it it works Mm -hmm. i wrote down and i don't know why i wrote this down but i wrote down what year did the dark knight come out what year did it come out and why did i write that down a year before this interesting okay well you don't know what i was thinking about when i wrote that down i think maybe we asked you if you're the dark knight or revenge of the nerds maybe last time i don't think so you'll forget that anyways not a big deal. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I would have forgotten that, so I know that we're good. All right, you want to play a couple games? Yeah. Yee. First up, this ain't no 10-second race, a.k.a. boy, do we have a podcast for you. So last time, we looked on Twitter, yes. and we found these three tweets that we thought might be sent by people interested in our show. So first up, I found Awkward Ninny, yes. at, or Ninny, with a bat emoji, at Awkward Ninny. Every time someone mentions or I see a Corona, I hear Dom Toretto from Fast and Furious say, quote, salute me familia, crying so much emoji. Boy, do we we have a podcast podcast for you? you. Nothing. Joe, you found Kowak Indo at Kowak Sindo 18. 
Yeah. Replying to someone, the tweet was deleted. Hi, howdy. Where is Barstow? Is it in California, USA, or in UK? This tweet <laughs> sent four years ago. Boy, we have a podcast for you. Unsurprisingly, nothing. No response. Yeah, I guess. Carrie, you found Weekend Friends at Weekend Friends. What podcast are people listening to? Question mark. Question mark. We have a ton of driving coming up. Question mark. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. This tweet was not only liked by Weekend what? Friends, but we—I said this to you. I don't—I don't know if you're acting for the podcast, but you knew this at one point. <laughs> and Weekend Friends also responded and said, "Holy shit, Adam is gonna poop when he hears about this." Poop one. emoji. So, Kara, you get poop? six points. Damn, what are rocketing we at? you up to fourth place. What are the standings at right now, then? So right now, yes. Joe, you have fifteen. Okay. Oh, good. I'm glad I believe. I have nine. Okay. Mike Manzi has nine. Kara has six. Chris Malika has five. Damn. Chris Podcast has one. Kate Hudson has one. Everyone else has zero. Okay. So, Kara, through three movies, you're averaging two points a movie. Damn. So, you are in great shape right now. So, before we came on here, we all found our own tweets. So, here we go. Joe, do you want to read yours? Because you have a weird, you have one that I do not understand. I know okay. who the person that they're referencing is, but I don't know what this has anything to do with. Oh, now I see. Okay. Now I see why. But go ahead. Okay. This person, it's from Sean ZD at Ghetto Smurf 618. I was, I was looking for Ghetto Smurf tweets. I figured that, yep. But I found this guy. And the tweet that I chose is, it's a little off, but it suits me. First NHL game with my Cub Scout troop. He's replying to another tweet. Then after, because it was like, what's your first experience as a Blues fan? Hockey mm. tweet. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, interesting. This guy likes hockey. Ghetto Smurf is a hockey fan. First NHL game with my Cub Scout troop. Then after we moved north, I got birthday tickets when they played the Hawks, and I got to see Keith Tuchuk play. And I was like, oh, this is very interesting. So I clicked on his profile. So boy, do we have a podcast for you, Sean ZD. I clicked on his, his Twitter page because I wanted to read the other tweets. He's replying to Honeydew Pod at Honeydew Pod on Twitter, telling them they should get a guest. And his Twitter bio is Wizard, DMB, Pretty Lights, and Dirty Bird. I know all the Dirty Bird guys. So I was like, wow. So Hockey, Dirty Bird, Ghetto Smurf. I was just like, boy, do we have a podcast for you. If this guy actually follow and, and he likes other podcasts, he's followed by, yeah, a bunch of these Dirty Bird guys. So I'm like, man, like if he actually found us, he'd be like a bro. Like, he would know what was going on. Well, Sean ZD, boy, do we have a podcast for you. Let's see what he says. Yeah, hopefully. Kara, can you find, can you read yours from at HK Surrey, Miles Surrey on Twitter? Okay, so a little bit of context. This was one of the biggest things on Twitter a couple weeks ago. Now no one's talking about it anymore. Somebody said something bad about some Marvel movies. Yes. Yeah, both a lot Scorsese of and Coppola have both taken their shots at... Marvel movies. Yes. Right. So Miles Surrey says, quote, I've contacted Stanley Kubrick Spirit and through a Ouija board called Marvel Movies, he called Marvel Movies, quote, weak sauce, but added that he's part of the Fast and Furious familia. Really interesting stuff. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. He's at The Ringer. So here's the thing. So I think The Ringer also employs Shea Serrano, who loves the Fast and Furious movies. But ignores My sister is like, you need to get him on the podcast. I'm like, yeah, of course we do. Like, he's 
an actual like he's a very famous person with a lot of thought. Like we would love to have Chase around on the podcast. So maybe he just had a book come out. Yep, he yeah. did. I follow movies him. and other things. And he seems like he would be the perfect person for this. But anytime Joey has tweeted at him or responded to anything, he just no completely ignores. It. Yeah, it's just like this game. I was thinking recently. You know how when we recorded in person and Rachel found Aaron's Cafe, Aaron's Scafe. Yes, and she was going through all the movies. Like, I think that she, in time, could be on the show. Who knows? I mean, I would love to have her on the show. Yeah. We're going to have to, like, be, not accusatory, but be like, hey, you know, we tweeted at you about the show a while ago, and uh, you just ignored, you just ignored us. us. <laughs> so, uh, what's going on? I don't know, man. If you have a lot of followers, there's, yes. like, a filter thing that you can turn that's what, on. That's what so Joey always just... says, and it makes me feel better about yeah. us whenever he does it. Yeah. We're not verified. Oh, never, never, ever, ever, ever take social media personally. Oh, no, it's no, definitely no. all algorithms and filters and, and has crafted, literally nothing to do with it. We crafted you. this game, for the most part, to, to be – I want it to sound like it's a Twitter bot that found you. Yes. I want somebody to question <laughs> it and be like, how did this Twitter bot find my tweet about the blues from seven days ago now think that the fast and the furious podcast is for me like you know what i mean like i want it to be discovery like people were like what the fuck is this and they listen to one and then they're like oh they're just playing this game like he actually found me not it's the bot but yeah sorry that's part of my plan ultimate plan all right so here's who i think this is who i'm I'm putting my chips on go ahead it's from august so it's not four years ago like the like the barstow one but yvette on twitter at hawkeye underscore yvette Okay. Fuck that Bonnie and Clyde shit. I want to love like Tej and Suki. Boy. That's interesting. Do we have a podcast, have a podcast for, you. for you? Well, we don't think that Tej and Suki have any love, so. <sighs> okay. But my, my tactic, which is not working, by the way, is to find people talking about the most recent episode in our feed. That's and so fair. the most recent episode we did is Too Fast, so I searched Tej Suki. And there's not a lot of people talking about Tej and Suki. Believe it or not, uh, Tej and Suki are not in Can't the cultural conversation on Twitter. I'm sure there's a lot of good slash fic out there about it, though. Oh, I'm sure. So, Carol, one thing you can read or oh. can listen to of this podcast is You Are My Lifespan, which is the smutty fanfic that Joe and I are reading oh, God. one chapter per lap, which we are three chapters into right now. I do all the voices. Joey does the narration. It is a lot. <laughs> it's it's a lot. It is, it's not very long. It's like 45 minutes total at this point. Yeah. So. We've got one more game to play. Dude, what's my car? So this is a car from Justin Kleinman, listener Justin, way up north, Hello, uh, up in Minneapolis Thanks in Minnesota. In or maybe not Minneapolis, but definitely Minnesota. Okay. Cara, do you want to guess with me, or, or do you want to you you help me give clues, or do you want to guess with Joe? I think if we're alternating, I think it's time for you to guess. Yeah, but I might as well just be a clue giver, because I don't know anything at all about cars. Okay. But you, you were kind of doing well the first time. Yeah. I'm not very confident. Okay. So this is um, from Justin. <gasps> oh, how cute. It's a cute <laughs> it's car. Cute. Okay. Joe, here's here's the write-up. Okay. Justin says, I first saw this car in Europe while on vacation five years ago. I won't say where exactly as I would give it away. There's a dedicated group of collectors trying to save it from extinction. Hmm. I recently saw it at a local car show and was shocked. Around three million of these cars were produced from 1957 to 1990, and the design nearly stayed the same for its duration. From Wikipedia, quote, It had no tachometer, no indicator for either the headlights or turn signals, no fuel gauge, no rear seat belts, and no external fuel door, and drivers had to pour a mix of gasoline and oil directly under the bonnet slash hood. Okay, bonnet gives it UK. Well, it's a, it's a European, I mean, we knew it was a European, but it's actually, it's a German car. It's a German car. 
and you have to pour is, oil and gas directly uh, I, I do into not the engine. know the manufacturer or I don't I don't know the make or the model. So good luck. Okay. Definitely something that Mr. Bean would drive. Okay. Joe, it's white. Will will that Perfect. help you? Thank you. Yeah, that's a good start. It kind of looks like a mixture between the Ghostbusters mobile mm-hmm. and a hearse and an ambulance. Yes. Oh, spot on on that. Two doors. Okay, but there's a back seat because you said no seatbelts. There's in the a back. back seat and the back window. I I don't remember if it was last time or two times ago, but one of the recent ones we did, I said. This has got to be, like, the biggest window I've ever seen in a car. Yes, longest, yeah. We are, again, on par with longest window of the car. Not the front window, but the back window. It's kind of station wagony, but mm-hmm. not a station wagon. But, like, the entire, like, back two-thirds, maybe, Kara, of the car is just a window on either side. Wow. Yeah. Okay. There's a weird little grill or vent on the on the sides okay. behind the window. Behind the window? So if you're looking at it from the side, there's front, like, uh, passenger side. There's front window, really long rear window, little grill or vent, and then end of the car goes to the back. Okay. Now, you said that it's a German car. Yes. But you didn't specify... Like a Bavarian car? Not necessarily, but before the Berlin Wall fell. Oh, it's, was... it's an East German car. Yes. Oh, fuck. I, so I have very no Eastern block looking. I don't even know any East German car <laughs> manufacturers. It had a duroplast body mounted on a one-piece steel chassis, a so-called unibody, oh, front-wheel unibody. drive, a transverse engine, and an independent suspension. Unusual features in 1957, but it remained much the same until 1989 when it acquired a licensed Volkswagen engine. Its discontinuation followed in 1991. And it... it eventually got a VW engine. Mm-hmm. Called, quote, a spark plug with a roof. Uh, <laughs> three million of these in a number of models were produced over nearly three decades with a few, with few, not a few, but with few significant changes in their basic design. Other models have been sought by collectors in the U.S. due to their low cost and fewer restrictions on the importation of antique cars. This car also gained a following among cartooning and rally racing enthusiasts. Rally cars, too. They use them in rallies? This definitely looks like the kind of car is probably in every racing video game I've ever played. Like, it's it's like a D-class. Like, it's not going to go fast, but, like, it's the kind of, like, the weird... Like a... Oh, One-of-a-kind weirdo kind of looking car that just looks cool as hell. Probably doesn't drive super fast, but it's it's a cool looking car. I can't think of like any of the like like a Hugo. Nope. Yeah, like German, East German ones. I was thinking like Russian ones, French ones. A weird. No, I have I have no idea of the East German ones. The car. What's the is... mo- What's the make? Oh boy, uh, it's a VEB Saxering. Saxering. Oh no, I've S- never heard. Send it to send me a picture of it and let me see what it looks like. Please. You want you want the car? Yes, please. Do you know the Trabant? No, I have no idea what this is. Send send me a picture. Maybe I'll remember by picture, not by name. So this, Justin says. Oh, it does look like a. You um, first a saw it in the DDR Museum in Berlin. Okay. It's it, a cool car. It looks like a Ghostbuster car. You're absolutely right, and like a hearse. Yeah. What is this vent for? Like, is it that's just literally an air vent? It looks like yeah. one you'd find on your floor. Yeah. No, this is really cool. This was a hard one, too. Thanks, Justin. Just kidding. <laughs> I like it. No, I would have no idea what this is. I couldn't have guessed this no matter what. It has, like, some Cadillac light elements going on in the back here. I think this will be fun to drive, right? I think this will be a ton of fun to drive. Cause it's like it's... I feel like it's the kind of car that, like, if it's, like, a little icy, like, you turn a corner, and, like, the whole back just, like, skids away <laughs> one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But it's also one of those cars that, like, if you skidded it into a ditch, like, you and your friend could just pick it up and, like, put it back on the road. 
Oh, yeah. You know, like, you'd be like, oh, fuck, we did it again. And, like, you and I would get out of the car and be like, boom, 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 and, like, pick the I car remember up. in high school when my friends and I were all, like, really into poker, I had a bunch of people over to my house to play poker one night, and everybody was like, you know, the game had ended, and people were sort of slowly leaving. We have our one friend leave, and then he comes back in, like, five minutes later. He's like, guys, I backed my car onto a rock. And he had, like, <laughs> I guess gunned it going out of my driveway in reverse and, like, went up this little hill across oh. the street from my parents' house. And like landed it on a rock and yeah. just couldn't move. All of us had to basically lift his car up. I mean, I don't remember what car it was. It wasn't like a big car, yeah. thankfully. There was like eight of us, and we had to like lift the car up and just like put it on the road, <laughs> or at least off the rock. I don't remember. But yeah. just like, how did you do this? Like in my entire you know, life, happens. I mean, I haven't, I hadn't driven for a long time, but like I never even thought that was a possibility that that would happen. It definitely <laughs> happens. I like, I actually just saw this in like, um, I think it was like you remember Pittsburgh or something, or like, of course you're from Pennsylvania, and there's like a rock in. Like, like one town that's like by a Dunkin' Donuts and they call it like the Dunkin' Donuts Rock and they had to like paint it neon because everybody tries to like go over the curb here and there's a rock and there's just like hundreds of pictures of cars being stuck on this one rock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like you can get onto it and like once the, the front tire comes off, you're just like teetering on this rock and all these people get stuck there. It was really funny. I mean, I did back my car down my friend's driveway into a ditch because I think it was snowy and like I couldn't tell where the driveway was yeah. or wasn't. And Fought that was different. But, like, just it, like, he had to like go out my driveway, like across the entire street, and then up. And I was just like, that is just like, like I'm not saying that I wouldn't do that, but like I just didn't think that was possible. Like it's just it was so much. <laughs> but wow, man, oh man, doing the most. My brain has been so overwhelmed recently that like I keep getting out of my car, and then it gets angry at me because I either Leave forgot to turn it off left the keys inside or forgot to put it in park and turn it off what did you do just turn it off without it being impo- how did you get out of the so you just did it start moving <laughs> yes. oh god you like, I did just goes right in the whip just like in the parking lot <laughs> yeah, basically. basically i also well with my prius now like you can't turn the car off like when you turn the car off it automatically shifts it into park so, and sometimes i just forget to I just get out of the car without pressing any of the buttons, which is oh, a problem. But <laughs> sometimes, like, not that this is a bad thing, but like, sometimes I want them to take some of these safety restrictions off of cars just to make it like a little bit more dangerous so that people like have to pay more attention, right? <laughs> like, if you were like, oh, I'm going to die if like I don't turn this car off and put it in park, like, it'd probably be yeah. for the best sometimes. Yeah. Well, so in my old car, which wasn't quite as high tech, one time I like took the keys out and got out and then it just started rolling backwards down my driveway because I had forgotten to put it in park. Oh, whoops. And I was like, God oh damn. no. And I had to like jump. In. <laughs> I was really like a Dukes of Hazard kind of move where I had to go jump the into the car. Uh, not through the window. The door was still open, but okay. it was, uh, yeah. Whew. And then pull the emergency brake. Oh, nice. And you were, you Everything knew you were responsive enough to pull the emergency brake. I like that too. Mm-hmm. Good move. Mm-hmm. By the way, just a quick aside about the Fast and Furious mm-hmm. franchise so far. Not nearly enough jumping through car windows. I don't think Dukes we ever hazard, get so. any. Oh, no, we do. Joe, I, I don't know how you're free. There's a, there's multiple where people are passed between cars via window. Oh, it's not via window, it's door. It's door to door. That's not via window. It's, and it's not jumping into the windows like she's saying. Like, you're like, the car's there, somebody just like hops in the window and takes off. Like, we, I don't think we ever get that. No, but I also feel like, I mean, people use the window, like Letty, like they, when they're jacking trucks, they use the windows to get in and out as they're True, driving. Like, Letty fair. climbs under the hood. It's not Dukes of the bonnet. style, but yeah. It's not like I know, I know it's not exactly what you're saying, in, but I'm just saying. Start the car, take off. 
you're right. You're, but you're right. There is there's very adjacent type things that happen. But yeah, we don't we don't have enough of like uh, sliding across the hood, getting in, and then just mm-hmm. going. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, Kara, thank you for joining us once again. In two weeks, we will be talking about Fast Five. Do you have any sense of where they're going? Where Fast Five takes place, or no? Do you want to guess? It's a different country. It's a new country. Let's see. So we've been to the United States. We've been to Mexico. We've been to the Dominican Republic. We've been to Panama. Here's yeah. a hint. You might not remember this, but they mention the country. They mention a city in the country, at least in this movie, where they're going to go next. I don't remember. That. And it's it's not it's not Tokyo because that's a, we know that's the movie we skipped. It's not Japan. Right. But they mention this movie something like early on before Letty dies. Uh, Letty and Tom were talking, and they say, uh, they mention a city. You're right. They talk about going to Rio. There we go. It's taking place in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Yes. Ooh, Fast exciting. Five, which was the first movie that I saw in the franchise, and I think a couple other people too, and it is fantastic. It's fantastic. I'm so excited for you to watch it with us. Same. Also, as we talked about last week on the Hyperdrive episode, Joe, next week you and I are going to be talking about Brick Mansions, Ooh. the Paul Walker as a cop movie, undercover cop, undercover detective. Who's a construction movie. worker. Yes. Exactly. Making Brick Mansions with with the RZA, yes. hiding dead bodies in the walls. Yes, that's the story. Next week we'll be talking about Brick Mansions, the patron pick, Ben Milliman picked for his his patron Patreon tier. Yes. Uh, got to pick Brick Mansion, so we're talking about that next week. And then in two weeks, we'll be back for Fast Five down in Rio. This is Brazil. This is Brazil. For all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash forever, or at forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Let us know what your mixtape is. Your one song, mm-hmm. your five songs, whatever songs I, you I identify, the iconic songs in the Fast and the Furious franchise. Let us know, family at cageclub.me. Come back next week for Brick Mansions. Come back in two weeks for Fast Five. Keep up with everything that we're doing over at TooFast2Forever.com. And uh, we'll see you soon. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. Oh, and I'm Carol Gallo-Regan. And we'll see you some so point. Tired. And maybe one time Carol will remember to say your name at the end without being, oh, yeah. <laughs> I like I, it. I do like the surprise. It's, the, it's a nice, subtle surprise oh, at the end here every time. Oh, yeah. Surprise every time it happens. It's me. And we'll see you next time right here on Too Fast, Too Forever. <laughs>